0: tonight on the black channel black. political campaigns are taking the fall Hollywood Coons are taking the bait and the new black media is sitting back and taking it all in let's hear the black channel the Bla- is live.
1: Channel. <laughs> <laughs> on Kyla Power's radio tune into the black authority the black authority yeah.
2: I love his voice. It's so like authoritative. If Black Lightning was, you know, like a news forecaster,
0: it would be him. Cosmos today, you are of course as always welcome to join us, and there's a lot that you need to join us for here. So let's just go ahead and jump right into it knee deep, people. You ignore the black media. You ignore what? Intelligent Black Society at your own risk. What do you say? That? There are a bunch of people who are late to get the memo, especially when it comes to politics. You Politicians only believe you when you pull the trigger. And there are a bunch of them that where Black people are concerned, we have consistently taught them that we are consistently inconsistent just so a bunch a of bad. people took it upon themselves to save themselves we dare you we think 2016 was just a fluke and 2018 was a double fluke we dare you to try that again because all those people so are still here dare us. they've been trying to figure out if they can put some spin on the same old fraudulent formula that they've been attempting to force feed us now for so many years and is blowing Fetus. up in their faces Fetus. so the next person Put it in fast food and eat it. Oh. To fall out here is Beto <laughs> O'Rourke. This oh, guy God, here It's gotta be was my worst lyrics The best lyrics. best link. Um, because of course, anything that looks like a white benefactor, they would go for here. Not gonna say he was necessarily a bad guy. I'm just going to say that we had never heard of you before. Now we didn't know who you were before. Now. <laughs>
3: <clears> oh, God. On
0: things and you weren't really talking whole talk that we needed to hear because right now black society is taking the hard line something that these people are not like
2: is elizabeth warren a black candidate I, she's, she's Indian. custom
0: two we are taking the hard line and we want to hear specific Her grandma was part Indian, just like all right so it's about the tangibles that we specifically not minorities and other groups that we specifically are going to receive if you're going to receive our support so where O'Rourke is concerned, and I'm pretty sure this all was really just to put him on the national stage, which he has, con- uh, which he has succeeded at.
2: He's a joke. I'm sorry, I'm fi- fast-forwarding past him. He just already looks like he's already lost. You know, he's got that look on his face, like, I'm going to call it, it's like the look that Al Gore and Kerry had, like, it's like they just didn't think they were going to win or something. He looked like that. Game of six I can't. Wait, this isn't the video that I wanted. I don't care about that.
0: Why Kamala Harris and Joy Ann Reed and uh, Big Bird from In Cobra and the rest of the jackasses from the dead oh, black yeah, yeah. media were out there saying it was <laughs> just Russian bots talking badly about Kamala Harris that this wasn't the actual electorate that this was not. No, a- it's
2: us. Skip ahead to Harriet Tub the Man. Come on, I don't have time for this. Security! <laughs> I don't know hey, my damn
3: phone it!
0: Everybody else gonna do without too. What? But this con job that you keep pulling, where you give other folks specific benefits, specific tangibles, and their situation gets better, and Black people simply supply the votes that get you over the top, so you can deliver. Tangibles to everybody else, and then tell us what you ain't got for us. Uh, oh uh, hell no! Uh, uh, the train oh, stops. Hell no. here.
2: Hell and no. it's not gonna
0: move again.
2: So, train does stop. You
0: bring tangibles, and the discussion is specifically that vote for me. These are the specific tangible benefits, specifically for Black people of slave descent in America, that we are going to provide. That's. When the conversation will begin anew, That's right. you're arguing to be president of the United States, and when you get in front of white folk, you give them specifics about what you're going to do about Syria, what you're going to do about student debt, what you're going to do about Medicare and Medicaid, what you're going to do about everything. Till it comes to black folk, when it comes to us talking about those tangibles, all of a sudden you get very vague. All of a sudden you are the leader <laughs> of the free world, but you ain't sure what to do about us and tangibles. Not- well, as soon
2: as I get elected, we'll talk. We'll figure out that out together
0: sure what to do with every other subject <laughs> you know exactly what to do you go on the debate stage, oh, you know no. exactly what you're going to offer but when it comes time to talk to us all of a sudden you're not sure how to deal with our issue well guess damn what, we're not sure how to vote for you now then we don't know if we're supposed to pull the left lever or the right
2: don't pull anything, just walk up <laughs> like looks well walk away
3: on
0: the front end there will be nothing on the rear end uh back end for you to get Paid off of. Yeah. The story goes on to say, it's 24 hours before the film's premiere, and her goal for the evening is simple. Right. Put her feet up, Get quiet and get ready for the bright lights and big adventure of the November first kickoff. But even a few hours of pre-laxing is going to be easier said than done. The fact is Martin Chase will not oh, allow herself to go quietly into this good night until she makes her point to potentially quote slave fatigued moviegoers out there about what Harriet is and isn't. So what they're telling a man you is that this woman Ah, ah, took ah. out the time to sit here and tell you that when she talks to a black publication that she wants you to understand that she when she talks to black folk this is not a white this is not a um slave film what is it that's what they're telling you
2: wait it's a love story that just has, happens to be between slaves. So when ah, let's watch it. She comes to talk it. to a black audience. Uh,
0: she me. wants to make sure that she tells you that. Oh, and by the way, this That's the
2: best one I've done all week.
0: Is not a quote slave film. This isn't one of those.
2: Oh God, what is it? Did that?
0: they refer to it that way? What? Now this is a black woman. In case you were wondering, this is a black woman. No, it isn't actually. But anyway, what she's telling you is, oh, and it's time to speak to black folks about whether
2: these people can't recognize transgenders. Y'all better look at the, who they say Harriet Tubman is. You better look. She's not just, you know, strong in the face, as that comedian would say. <laughs> she's not just strong in the face. Her name is Tubman. They're trying to tell you something and you're still sleeping. You better A wake it up. Film.
0: Whether or not it's a slave film.
2: I can't. I can't.
0: Braveheart. <laughs> the Ten Commandments, <laughs> even though we understand historically those were not white people, and we get that. But Shh, when they do those kind of down. films, when they're show, films showing white people in a system of oppression, in a condition of oppression, the film ends with them overturning the system of oppression. Wow. The film ends with them. When
2: you did look- they rewrite this damn story? Even if she was a man, that's not right to take credit for what she did. He did. Whatever. Get to it now. I'm rebuffering. I'm so sorry. Please have mercy on me.
0: condition of slavery hasn't really been addressed. And this is just the best we can do. Or worse, they'll try to tell stories about these other people that paint them as the bad guys, even in cases where that, they- And then
2: cast people from other countries to play these characters. Oh, look, we found this person from a hole in the wall at a drama school, and I don't know where the hell, you can't pronounce it. And we're going to have them play a great black history uh, person. Shouldn't they be the star of the universe? Ah uh, no. How about getting a real indigenous black person to play that person? Maybe they can't get an indigenous black person to lie and and, and mischaracterize us. Maybe that's the problem.
0: It actually may have been what occurred. They don't do that. They do. They don't do that. Now, this woman, Martin Chase says, quote, listen... I saw 12 Years a Slave, its opening weekend. I didn't. It needed to be made. I thought it was brilliant, and I was thrilled that it won the Academy Award for Best Picture. It was absolutely deserved.
2: So any racist at home now could watch black women getting hit in the head with an iron over and over. The, and if they didn't get enough, they could press rewind
0: again. Oh, I won't that back. ever watch it again because I can't. It's too painful so did you get
2: i can't
0: that's not the kind of thing these people really want to give you (laughs) that's the point because white folk understand hey we're not really in the business of financing promoting movies that do that
2: all it is is making you internalize trauma and making it even worse than what it was not even telling the truth about what it really was and pretending like it's a hero story and then casting it with somebody from another country that don't have a damn clue what the hell that struggle was really about. And us that are living in the after effects of what that struggle is really about. We can't get cast in that. But these people from this other place that didn't go through that. Oh, they're brilliant. Yeah. Get the hell out of here.
0: Why are you hiding if this isn't true? If you really are straight like that, why are you hiding?
2: Who's hiding?
4: Why are
0: you complaining about people who aren't having an effect? (laughs) Why are you complaining that this is no good if they're not having an effect? Oh, no. Because, you see, I can laugh about this article about Black Enterprise Magazine, even though coonery and buffoonery is no laughing matter. You see, if I thought Black Enterprise Magazine were winning, then I would be feeling hopeless and helpless. Yes, if I actually thought they were... Let's
2: st- see what he bad ass to say. It's always interesting. Harriet Tubman, some of you. I, I, I think that ADOS label... Y'all better be very, very careful with that. The descendants are descendants of prisoners of war, not slaves. Because the, sla- the people that were slaves overturned the slaves. So who's calling who a slave? Y'all better be very careful with labels. And Wilson Phillips saying so calm about, like, slavery. I know that there is pain, but you hold on for one more day. <laughs> I don't know. Break free, break from the chains. Yeah, it's that easy, I know.
1: Your
3: you
1: can't have it. Baby, you send Me all your
3: money.
2: Remember that? It's make happy All right, we'll get there already. Who is that? This oh, sorry. This is uh That's one place.
5: One culture, no. tone have Dialia and Ohu. Ohu are the slaves, and Dialia were the slave traders, the freeborn. How do you not have to answer whether you're Dialia to play the role of Harriet Tubman? And, and I, 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 I don't understand how we got here, but moving even beyond just that part, you have Comcast suing Byron Allen, and the main issue that the Supreme Court is going to hear is about Civil Rights Act of 1866. What they're deciding is whether that law will have to, you'll have to apply the but-for standard, which is basically you got to prove uh, racism is a hundred percent of the reason versus the motivating factor. Racism is one of the reasons. Comcast is trying to eviscerate this law. Uh. Comcast owns NBC Universal, who owns Feast Focus Features. Uh. Focus Features is the company putting this film out.
2: Oh, take that from and rewind the back. Box office. Um, go all the way
1: back we're starting over again
2: <laughs> I got so excited I was like what are you talking about you did some homework you went back
5: this is what we need uh, to now do when the Tubman movies come out what we understand is that it's going to do like 10 million dollars um, uh, looks like the majority is, by some accounts 57% of that is white folks um, I believe that ADOS uh, has had a great impact American descendants of slavery on, on making it clear the issues with this film and the stars in the, in the movie and the impact that the box office. Um, I think that one of the things that's happening right now is people don't understand that we might have just impacted a black movie in terms of making clear that black folks have a voice in a way that we've never seen in Hollywood. Go and up. I just want to say, go start up. off by just commending you go, guys for being go vigilant go throughout up. the weekend, throughout the week, throughout the year. Because this started way back with the Philadelphia Inquirer article oh
2: you know what they're probably why this movie had to be made just to say while well, a lot of people figuring out okay why are they doing this why are they doing this now i think that they want to put they want to put a black person on the money the currency and i think that's because Everybody's finding out that uh, the currency of the United States of America is based off the land and the gold that uh, originally uh, belonged to the uh, indigenous inheritance, which are black Americans, indigenous black Americans who are not from Africa. And so they're going to put black people on the money as I, I think it's a it's a virtuous move, but they had to find who could they use. And so. I think the top name that's out there is Harriet Tubman. So they've got to educate people that don't know who, re-educate, you know what I'm saying? The people that don't know who Harriet Tubman is to make the case for putting her on the currency, on the money. And uh, that makes me now look at all this with even deeper eyes of what they want her to represent being on that money so i'm listening to all of this with that in mind
5: we here now and we not having it i was on uh, al jazeera less than uh three or four months ago and i said the same thing i brought up the fact that cynthia revo still has not answered and i don't understand how black folks in america don't think it's a very pertinent question to answer and maybe it's because they don't understand african cultures they just think of africa as one place one culture no igbo's have Dialia and Ohu? Ohu are the slaves, and Dialia were the slave traders. The freeborn. How do you not have to answer whether you're Dialia to play the role of Harriet Tubman? And, and
2: I, 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 I don't understand. So what he's saying is, you they cast somebody whose people are the damn slave traders to play somebody that emancipated slaves. That means they are laughing. This is a joke. Black people, wake it the yeah, hell up. He got
5: here, but- moving even beyond just that part, you have Comcast suing Byron Allen, and the main issue that the Supreme Court is going to hear is about Civil Rights Act of 1866. What they're deciding is whether that law, will have to, you'll have to apply the but-for standard, which is basically you got to prove uh, racism is 100% of the reason versus the motivating factor, racism is one of the reasons. Comcast is trying to eviscerate this law. Comcast owns NBC Universal, who owns Feast Focus Features. Focus Features is the company putting this film out. I called for a boycott. NAACP, a local chapter out of New Jersey, joined in as a result of ADOS's Project Takeover moving in and actually the, uh, making clear to the president what the national NAACP should have been doing. The national NAACP did not join in on a boycott of *Harriet*. The national earthquake did not, not join in, in a national boycott of Harry. Of course, not. I heard nothing from people in the 1619 project. I heard nothing from Narc, despite the fact that this was going on. He's wonderful. But still, but still we, we allowed this movie to come out and these people to put this movie out. So let me just point out the irony again.
2: You have So what's happening is once again, entertainment is getting to say to the world, this is who they are. And this is what happened to them. And unless we wake it the hell up and say something, this is how we are in the situation that we're in, in terms of how the world perceives our identity, what they think our true history is, and where they think we can go, and what our worth and what our value is let's think about that.
5: Harriet Tubman, the Underground Railroad, her biopic being put out by a company that a month later will attack the civil rights she fought for in a real Supreme Court using the DOJ, Donald Trump's DOJ as part of their support team. They will actually argue for 10 minutes with Comcast against our civil rights. And none of these orgs actually felt it was necessary to Fight back against this film. In fact, academics told us, "Well, that's a separate issue, and can't define why it's a separate issue." We're gonna get into the substance what you say before we get in.
6: Well, yeah, I, I, I think I think it's I think I think it's a I think it's abominable. But let me just say this: I think this moment is so important in terms of who and what it has revealed. We saw all of these academics, we saw all of these people, we saw all of these black thought leaders and the people who normally lead black politics come out and say, well, you Did got
2: to see me T-H-O-T? No, I'm just going
6: to see it. It's not so bad. <laughs> it's all kind of, well, I'm just going <laughs> to see it first. And that's, and, and, and the, reason, the reason I point that out is because I think that was a talking point. Because everybody has said that. We're just going to see it first. Meaning that they're trying to get us out and get the box office up, or we're trying to get us out and get the box office up for first weekend, for opening weekend without regard for what was in the movie what happened in the movie in terms of a white savior and if
2: we show up and support that and make this a success what that says to everybody else so uh i know i need to know what the hell this movie is trying to say before i i promote this crap black
6: and a black villain without regard for any of that so i think what that shows us is first there are a lot of people who are not built to be leaders in the leadership space. And the second thing is we have to we have to really, 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 really watch the coordination here because there's something else going on in terms of how people navigate in white spaces.
5: Yeah, and, and I think that one of the things I want to frame is 12 Years a Slave, I think it did about 40-something million dollars at the box office, as did Selma. There's two models for this film to be a success. The first is that for it to come out the first week and be a surprise box office success, maybe doubling its its projections. Um, At the bottom end, it had it at 7.6, top end had it at 10, um, but doubling, will put it at 20, and even exceeding that, maybe at $23 million, then it doesn't have that far to go to get to 40. It just really shot out the box office. The second is to do 10, be a really good film, 10 in the opening, and be a really good film, and and next week, only decrease, say, to 7, and then the week after that, so having a longer box office like trail, this film won't have that. Ados will not allow for that. We have shut down this film. Thank God. In terms of the reality of, of more black folks not seeing what we just did on Twitter, what we just did in terms of framing this in in the news and the media, Philadelphia Inquirer covered uh, our our how the we got that New Jersey chapter to sh- uh, basically pull back on 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 support and on their screenings. See. I think one of the things that we're seeing right now is the power and the impact of black politics. Everybody black talks media. about a boycott. We just kind of like push black one. Black media. Just push one despite all of the people pushing against us doing one. There's no reason with that lawsuit, if you don't want to deal with nothing else, with that Supreme Court lawsuit and Comcast actually putting out the film, there's no reason that all the national orgs and also the academics shouldn't have called for a boycott as well.
2: Right. But they didn't. Right. To support the lawsuit. We did
5: our part and everybody else is playing. And so now I move over to to looking at the film itself. And and what we have is what we know now is that they made up what Harriet's life was. They made her have a black male slave catcher chase her in the film that never existed in all of her historical records. Mm -hmm. Not only did he not exist in her historical records, According to a a book uh, quoted in Wikipedia from the Harvard, put out by the Harvard Press, there were literally nearly no records, if not any at all, of any black male slave catchers chasing other slaves. The ignorance of thinking of a white man handing a gun to a black man when they feared (laughs) black men overthrowing them or rioting and going out and slaves and then thinking that he would get them back and no other slave catcher would just
3: Basically, put all three of, or two of them in, into slave chains is ignorant. <laughs> when when confronted, Ignant. the person
7: that the historical. Hyster-
2: oh, baby, baby. I don't believe guys. Curious. What you curious about? We are curious who this band is because we never heard. Ooh, look at that guy's thing. That's what I need. guess,
5: professor, that, that that undergirded this for the Harriet film was confronted on, on on the internet by Adolf's people, and she had no argument other than one individual that may have tattled on on one on, on one meeting to anchor a whole character that supposedly in the film is the best slave catcher in on the South. You you had Cynthia Rebo go on Hot ninety seven uh, with with Ebro. And tell them, essentially, she wants 12-year-olds to see this as a learning lesson. In what world does a 12-year-old need to learn about a black male slave catcher that literally says that he's doing it for white women to get more white women that never existed? This is both fraudulent in many ways, dangerous in other ways, and undermines reparations and a black agenda and so many others. You want to say anything? Well
6: one of the things that you have to think about as well is it, a lot of these black academic black academics and black thinkers who have been online supporting this movie Right, with this with this big black man who said, I just go and get this because I want white women. I kill who I gotta kill, I catch how many Negroes I gotta catch to get some white women. Like one of the things you have to understand is that the people who were supporting this movie are the same people who say they stand with Freddie Gray, the same Come people on. say they stand with Trayvon, the same people who they stand with, well, you know, Michael Brown. You said you stand with them then and what they're experiencing is this fear of big black men. The black man is this. The black man is that. So they are experiencing that legacy. That's what gets them killed. And you support a movie that furthers that. What does that say about who you are and your morality and your dedication to ADOS? Name is, That's so so this guy,
5: Omar Dorsey, plays this character, Bigger Long, just an absolute horrible name. The irony is that he is actually Adolphin from Decatur, Georgia. Decatur, Georgia. You got one of the few Adolphs characters in the film, meaning a Adolph actor, played the role. And all of a sudden, this character is actually a slave catcher that never existed, that is running around calling Harriet Tubman a bitch. That's what he does. And essentially says he's chasing her because he wants a white horse. I mean, I have no idea how Cassie Lemons got this put out. I have no idea how everybody from Dyson to Mark Lamont Hill to Britney Cooper to many others have walked out of theaters saying that this was... What you know, Dyson express, expressed the, so many positive accolades. I'll talk about in a second about this film, but I know that this don't make sense. Now we also have a slave owner, a slave owner that never existed again. We have this slave owner, and and essentially he 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 was chasing Harriet as well. Now, but I don't know if he. I think he hired the slave catcher, and eventually he kills the slave catcher. Because of, supposedly based on some articles, being in love with Harry. <laughs> this guy never existed. <laughs> and essentially is made into a savior that has some kind of story arc of development. This is awful by Cassie Lemons. Awful by Four Focus Features. And every academic that has said, well, the math makes it so I have to support it. What uh-huh. they're essentially doing is, is they're undermining not only reparations, but they're setting out a devastating impact on black politics and black history that I don't know how you overcome. This, This is one of the worst movies in decades in terms of slavery and displaying black males in their role. You can't, like Brittany Cooper tried to allude to, say there's a few black men that are positive when the main villain is a slave catcher that uses that kind of language. You can't do that. You end up in a space... Uh, where Because where?
2: what they want to say is, oh, y'all did slavery to yourselves. That is their narrative. And you better nip it in the bud before they get to doing it. And
5: did you see the tweet where the young, where the woman said she took her 11-year-old and her 11-year-old actually was wiped right. out of there scared because of this character? Do you know the damage you have done to that young woman's idea, that 11-year-old's idea of black folks black men in this society. There's no additional ADOS nice man that actually balances that out. That is an awful statement by Britney Cooper. This is an awful movie. You want to speak to that love interest or the, or the slave catcher? Well,
2: well, and not
6: only that, I think I think what we see is that there's something afoot. Like we have, you know, it, it pains me, but I, you, you and I have tried to... You know, kind of abstain from this this gender sniping and said we're one group. It's ADOS. There is no yeah. ADOS over here. Feminism and ADOS over here. We, we're men. With we, no, it's like we have to be a collective. What this group <laughs> has done is, is basically turned black men into the villain and and said that black women are the heroines who need to be saved by white men. Now here's the problem too. This is a biopic. Like this is supposed to be about Harriet Tubman's life. It would be awful if it was a movie. That's true. But you took you took one of our icons, our heroes, underground, right. underground railroad, and you made her into this. Look at her face throughout the film; she's she's always looking scared and oh, stupefied. What's gonna happen to me? And it's just and
2: she looks stupefied, like she like the the thing that whatever whether the story is real fake whatever the thing that I always admired about Harriet Tubman is that she's one of the only stories that we get in Black history where this person was an independent thinker and this person said, This is going on, I'ma do this. And so when I look at this character and this character looks like, you know, don't have a clue and waiting to be saved, that is undermining uh the historical, not only the accuracy, but the accolades that we have attributed to Harriet Tubman historically.
6: No, this this woman was this one was fierce. She was a hero. She was courageous. She there could was think. none of that in this character and she was saved by a white man and we saw a black man murder another fictionalized black woman in, the, in, the, in Janelle Monet's character. It goes to show you, like, listen, there's something going on here yeah. and, it's,
5: and it's and it's real nefarious. And they sanitized slavery. They took out slavery from slavery. <laughs> people, I, What I want you guys to go see is, and I'm not saying you don't get...
2: So what everybody, what I need to show on my channel when people are telling me I don't need to do the work that I do I don't need to uh put the people on that I put on. The problem is that too many of us don't know and don't do the research. And so they take Hollywood or whoever the hell's word for it in defining who they are. So we got black scholars out here that are saying what the real deal is. So it's now our job to be able to hear those voices. And now that you hear those voices, you now know, now, no, 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 wait a second. You can't pull this. The whole
5: thing. Go see Goodbye, Uncle Tom. I think it's available throughout the throughout the net. In the 70s, essentially, I've sat down with Mark Walker Mark Walker's dad is David Walker David Walker did Roots. Mark Walker and, and when I say sat down, I, I did business with him and turned of an option.
2: Roots was a lie, but anyway.
5: A, a movie, and we had long conversations. I brought him out to the Urban League young professionals, actually, and he spoke to them, and essentially, uh, he did Roots for the History Channel, we talked about that when he was doing that, and what needs to happen, but he also, his dad did Roots the original, well, before Roots the film, and which makes us wonder whether film and TV have any business in this space if they don't want to be honest. Let me give an example. In Goodbye Uncle Tom, there's a scene on a slave ship where literally, literally, uh, the the slave doesn't want to eat food, so... He, you know, essentially, they they tie him to this, the 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 slave ship and knock his teeth out and pour yeah. porridge down his throat and say that a slave don't need teeth anyway.
3: <laughs>
5: the tragedy of slavery was taken out of Harriet. That's horrible. What was left instead was a hero story about superheroes and, and Spidey Sense and all kinds <laughs> of uh, diversity. And you even had Cassie Lemons basically say in an interview, that she wanted to show that everybody had a part or everybody, you know, had their own evils in it. And that's not slavery in America. You don't have a right to remake slavery in America. Right. I want to get into different people from Mark Lamont Hill to Eric Dyson to my to Brittany Cooper and read their tweets and get your response feedback on each tweet and then I'll come uh, back. I'm going to do about four of them. But any last thing you want to say before I get into that?
6: No, no, let's get into it.
5: All right, so let me. So there's, there's essentially four or five of these that I want to read to you, and I'm gonna get your response, and then I'm gonna bounce off of you. Off of you. And the first one I want to read is from Brittany Cooper. This is a professor. Um, she does, a lot, I think, a lot of Black feminist work. Um, but Cassie Lemons is an African American woman director in a world where Black women directors rarely get to make feature length films. A Revo needs a better analysis, but Black folks shouldn't boycott the film. Because of it. Also, y'all, hard a- AF, which we had what on black women, miss me. This woman is, I don't know what's going on with her. But we saw in the additional, she didn't understand that. No, we're much more nuanced. She couldn't deal with the Comcast thing. She wanted to, well, that's separate. It's no separate. It's right now. It's in a month, actually. So I don't know where you got it that is separate. I think there's a significant issue in your body of work with black men there's no way that you would have allowed a Frederick Douglass film to come out where the main villain was a black woman who tattletoed on Frederick Douglass that never existed and she was extremely violent. She used to just hit on black men. There's no way you would allow that. And I wouldn't allow it, understand that. I wouldn't either. Now, I move also to the whole fact that you can't deal with the fact that she has totally, totally absolved herself from, from dealing with this black male slave catcher. I don't know if there's a block in her head or her mom <laughs> from being a black man, but something's going on with
2: her. Wait you a know? second. You know what? I'm going to just double check my episode and make sure that we're recording. We're going to do a part two. Hold up. Wait a minute. Okay. Here we go into part two.
5: You have a black male slave catcher that never existed. And all she said is, well, I understand that certain things didn't happen in history. You say something that? I went back and forth with her on Twitter,
6: and like, and, and none of her, and, and and just as a preface, like, uh, there's a lot in her body of work that doesn't make sense, but I, that's another story, another video, Before but time. I went back and forth with her, and she said something like, "Well, boycotts don't always work." <laughs> and I said, "Well, this is not the Koch brothers, right? Who we're talking about? They have diverse assets, so it's hard to pin them down because they're just not doing one thing. We're talking about a movie that we can we can actually make flop in yeah, the message yeah, and did. So that doesn't make sense. Well, you know, not all, and I think my Mahill said this too, when she said the same thing, well, they maybe they don't tend to, you know, this is just black women and, you know, you all are hard and he cosigned. And we're not going hard. How is, how is, no, we're going real good. We're going hard for black women because we're fighting for Harriet. We're fighting for Harriet's story to be told
2: accurately without,
6: without, without, without actually like damning black men. So we're going for Black people. How do you have this thing where you just want to fight for one gender? And you don't even—I don't even know if you're doing that because I don't think Harry will co-sign her story being butchered like this.
5: No. And and understand that we did the same thing with Get Out the movie, so you just need to understand you don't know what you're talking about. Yeah. Um. In addition, in addition, I, I think I, I think um, when we start looking at this thing, the problem that a lot of these people have is they don't know enough to be talking in this space, and they—they're not really being totally honest about the fact that they don't know enough. They don't know about Igbo, Dialia and who They don't know, you know, you had Ebro basically saying, well, people are boycotting because you're British. Slaves
2: and slave traders. That's what he meant, Iwali e- 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 ewali and
5: Igbo. That's not it, though. Go read the New Yorker. It's in the New Yorker. Like, you can't read the New Yorker? It's like, these people are arguing about it being about males and, 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 and us attacking men, and it's like, I mean, uh, uh, us, uh, uh, us, protecting black men or attacking black heroines when they just made a movie that didn't make sense. They made a movie about Harriet Tubman that includes a black male slave catcher when there were no black male slave catchers. And you walked out of there and said to other black people to go watch it, you have issues ah, with your understanding of black history. Issues. And I don't know how you teach if you don't know that. If I you don't know that, you. key issue. Now, let's let, let's keep moving. I'm going to tell you, you mentioned Mark Lamont Hill, so let's bring him up as well. Mark Lamont Hill comes under her tweet and says, exactly, and in support of uh, Britney Cooper, and none of these folks would have boycotted Spikes Malcolm X despite legitimate historical and ideological critiques. What you got to say?
6: Well, listen, if Malcolm X, if the Malcolm X movie with Denzel had had a black woman who didn't exist, who who, who <coughs> overheard something that was said in the Nation of Islam meeting, and when it snitched to the FBI, I would have boycotted I would have said, you are done. Oh, no out black women for no reason this character didn't exist it is negative and it betrays black women as little snitches and witches or whatever and i would have said no absolutely not see having a historical something that's historically not as accurate people take certain liberties but you can't go and create a whole character that is like a that 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 weighs down in such a way that doesn't make any sense that just
2: just and then say to white people and ignorant black people that that's our story where where do you get off thinking that you have the power to lie and do that and say who we are, and it's it's a lie?
6: They're just you know, if you have like listen that character, that character was awful to black men, and it made black men into these brutes. And it, but if you had done that in Malcolm X for a black woman, I would have I would have stood against it too. I'll go like, a step
5: further. It made black men the actual. Uh, it made it black like, men uh, have a power they never had it, de- it de- deconstructed slavery and reconstituted it in the image of not being about race. Yeah. And it, it it basically was just like, it's more than the first part is just like an attack on black men, but the second part is when you do that, the impact you have on the whole archetype, the structure of slavery, it means you're not telling a story about American slavery no more. It's just that bad. It, it doesn't make any sense. Um, You had Karen Hunter... She said, are you also boycotting all of the music that degrades black men and women? Are you off the websites and YouTube channels that only dabble in gossip and show black people in bad light? You still stepping in the name of love? Or is it just Harriet asking for a friend? I mean, this this is dribble. Is so the last part is like childish. No, you ask it for yourself, but you don't know what you're talking about. Sandy Darity, leading economists in the space, out of Duke University, replied, "From Birth of a Nation to Gone with the Wind to Harriet, it's a long movie tradition crafting a false, sanitized version of history that inverts the agents of evil. That's what continues to be at stake. You don't know what you're talking about. You really shouldn't talk in this space if you don't know, and you say something like that because you're basically trying to say that you're trying to blame black people." Again, black people were recognizing that, that this is a fraud of a like you know, of a tale. This is ahistorical. It is fraudulent and it's telling a black a black history. So instead of confronting Comcast and and saying, well, you shouldn't even be putting the movie out anyway about Harriet because you're boycotted because of uh, the Civil Rights Act of 1866, because of confronting Cassie Lemons about the reality that she created a slave a slave catcher that never existed, you instead say, well, you guys support other bad content. Or that I believe is
6: bad. This but this isn't just this isn't just content. This is Harriet's life. Come on. This is Harriet Tubman's life. This isn't just content. It's not like we went to a movie and there was a shooting. And we said we don't want to see no shooting in black movies. And then you can say, Well, do you listen to rap? That was that shooting in rap. Do you do you listen to that? Then you can say that you butchered a woman's biography and you used that to change slavery into something that never was. You made up a story that never happened that made black people, especially black men, the villain and a white man the savior. How do you excuse that, ma'am?
5: Come on, you got Councilman George Cook. I had to go in because, you know, supporters of ADOS that came to the conference, he had the audacity to accuse them of being boxed because they had a good argument. This Councilman George Cook says the spread of ignorance, hurt Red Tails, birth of a nation, and now possibly Harry. When will we learn? What ignorance are you talking about? The Comcast case, the Comcast case, are asking Cynthia Rubia, Chief Dialia, or just the fact that they have a black slave catcher that's not never existed in the film? When when Princess Six, the uh, Ados person responded, "Nope, this is what uh, this is a uh, uh, what's about the black on black crime in the movie." Uh, Councilman George Cook says. I'm not going to argue or debate with the fake profile. I hope the Russians are paying you well, comrade. Understand that I responded and I said uh, with a picture with the lady in the uh, that he's talking to. You can't be wrong on this, and you owe her an apology. He has not apologized since. I have no idea what this man is talking about. I believe he should be uh, he should be brought out of office or, or, or whatever whatever challenges you should do uh, legally you should do to him because that that is inappropriate. This is a real person, and she had a real argument, and also you had no business watching this film if you you know because of what what's going on with Comcast and the Civil Rights Act of 1866. What do you think about that statement?
6: Well, yes, it's ignorant, like right you just go around it's, you just said what you know first of all, this argument has been debased a long time ago. You're so slow you don't even know that nobody's even using the box argument no more. You know, you know, and, and what is made, of, what is made you do is go against your own people. So you run. It's like running into your own people on the street, and you don't recognize them. No Negro, you should be able to tell. You know, there's a whole list of ways you could even. We talked about it back in the day. You can tell bots. You can tell about what this person's talking about. About you're just using that because you don't have an argument. So what people are starting to do when they don't have an argument when they when they get their butt handed to them in an argument, they say, "Oh, you must be a bot," and they just run yeah. off.
5: And then when he we went on to this argument that Obama has used talking about cancel culture. No, this is politics. Like, I don't know what people think is happening, but this is over. Adolf's here now. Gate up. This dude said, he responded finally, he said, if you are not a bot, I'll apologize. That's not an apology. And then he says, but then I have to be very disappointed with you for not understanding how you are keeping films about black figures and with black characters from being produced in the future. Think of the big picture. This is not this cancel culture. This isn't a black film. This is just a film that made fictitional ideas of black folks that basically took black males, and threw them under the bus to create a black heroine out of Harriet Tubman. There was no black male that chased her. Once that exists, it never should have been created. In addition, again, Comcast is, is attacking the Civil Rights Act of 1866 in less than a month, and you have them putting this film out through Focus Features, and you don't understand? I don't understand what he's talking about, but I'm saying to you, this is the, the, this is the problem. This is black politics on display. It what? don't got no heart to it.
6: Well, here's, here's part of the problem that you're describing, though. A lot of black politicians, when you talk about Obama saying to cancel cultural stuff that he said not long ago, a lot of these black politicians think with Obama's brain. And it's not a good brain. Like, when I say that, it's not something that you should use. It's not a framework. So they take, oh, it, it worked for Obama. We're just going to do what Obama said. We're going to use the Obama plan. That everything has changed. The ground has shifted under your feet. And if you don't shift... There's gonna be an ados politician who's gonna come in there and take you over, and you underestimate us at your own peril. But do what you like. You're gonna realize. You're gonna figure it all out at the end.
5: Yeah, man. Uh, I, I, you know, I'm looking. I'm looking at this whole thing, and I, I just I feel like for a lot of people, this moment is too big, maybe because it requires you to. Everybody talks about butter biscuits. Be oppositional to white power structures because there's so much of an attempt to recreate the narratives of American history because of the claims that come off of it. You have Michael Dyson, the last one I'll do, and I'll let you go first. Please, go see the Harriet film. Uh, At Cynthia Revo and at Leslie Odom are amazing. It's dope, amazing, soulful piece of entertainment that educates and thrills. A real-life black female superhero in our history is worthy of the luxurious cinematic treatment afforded her story. This is after seeing the film with the black male Sleigh Catcher maybe he don't know that there aren't black male slave catchers or one in particularly in in Harriet's history, but I have no idea what this man is saying. And he totally avoided the Comcast scheme. Go ahead.
6: I don't even know. Let me just say this. I don't know what happened to Dyson. I don't know what happened to him. Like, I, but you remember, I just want to, I just want to bring on this to On too many cable attention. talk shows. Not so. too long ago, he did, a, a, well, like, a commercial or something saying yeah. that, that, that we're going to get reparations from white people by them being nice and paying us to do their yards and stuff. He did that. And now that. he's on here just like, you got to go do it. It's going to be luxurious. And you are supposed to be a guy who deals with the history. Understand that Dyson is the same person who went to the pages of the New Republic and said, Cornel West, Dr. Cornel West wasn't doing enough. This is a man who's caping for this movie which villainizes Black men for no reason, historical inaccuracies, ahistorical, made up black villains, made up white heroes, and now you are there. This is the same person who tried to tell us about Obama before he caved and did everything for and with Obama. I don't know what happened. I don't know what kind of carrots are dangled in front of people, but this is very unusual behavior.
5: Yeah, I believe the Harriet film has exposed that a lot of people, it was harder to see before, really don't have the anchoring for the kind of uh, politics they're putting forward meaning when I say that you have Britney Cooper basically decided she's not going to protect black men you know you're not going to say anything about this slay catcher in particular and how awful that is you're not going to talk to Cassie Lemons or Focus Features you're going to say it's bad math to not go support a film that attacks black folks Right. then you have Marco Myhill coming in and trying to protect her you have uh, Eric Dyson for whatever reason going out saying this is a great film after watching the film where Comcast put out a film about Harriet when they're going to go attack the Civil Rights Act of 1866 in a month and also there's a black male slave catcher. Uh-oh. You have Karen Hunter basically trying to justify going to see the film because you watch other stuff. You watch Housewives. Why not watch this too? I don't know where you go from here other than understanding that maybe none of these people deserve your attention and really don't understand what it takes for reparations of the black agenda to sit. We here now. Adolf's got a gate up. We're going to be here going forward. So these people better start understanding or they're gonna find themselves out in the cold. Anything you wanna say, Yvette?
6: No, yeah, I think I think this is a great moment though. I think I've always said that I think clarity is key. And I think now you're seeing now you're seeing who the grifters are. Now you're seeing the people who really say they're for you but who are who aren't for you, who aren't willing to speak truth to power, um, who aren't willing to like I, I think what happened with Mark Damon Hill is kind of like this is an intersectional moment. The Me Too movement, so you have to kind of give yourself cover, even if it doesn't make sense. Mark he was a smart person; he knows that movie don't make no sense. None of
5: what he said makes sense in terms of in terms of his response. Yeah, you know to- he how to go to Palestine in the UN and say, He know how
6: to. St- he knew how to do it. He knew how to do it, but he can't stand up for like a movie that like bastardizes um Harriet Tubman. And That's a, Harriet Tubman was a, was a black woman. Th- let me just put that out there.
5: We're protecting her. Two legacy. black men. Come on. Yeah. Well, nonetheless, that's all we wanted to come to with the Tubman movie. I appreciate Check y'all. out
2: his channel Tony talks. I never heard them before but I knew of Yvette, that so just putting all the voices out there. everybody can have an opinion and doesn't even have to agree. Next segment who is deciding who is making these casting choices and then wanting a pat on the back from everyone for diversity. When it's truly not still no diversity. Is diversity for diversity's sake? Is that what it's about? This is called hashtag not my harriet. And the channel's called Al Jazeera. Oh no, Al Jazeera's coding. Al Jazeera better work. I gotta get in a better buffering zone. Sorry.
1: That's part of the trailer for Harriet, an upcoming biographical film about American abolitionist Harriet Tubman. Cynthia Erivo landed the title part, but many people are now upset that Erivo, who is a British Nigerian, was cast instead of an African-American actress. They've been voicing their opinions online. Stop saying
2: African-American and just say indigenous black American. That's 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 your first mistake right there. Thank you, Jesse Jackson.
1: In the hashtags, not my Harriet, Harriet deserves better, and ADOS, short for American Descendants of Slavery. So why was this particular casting decision
8: so controversial, and what does the debate say about black identity in the U.S.? So joining us to discuss these questions in Los Angeles, Antonio Moore is a co-founder of American Descendants of Slavery. In Johannesburg, South Africa, Hollywood actor Hakeem K. Kazim, who's appeared in numerous films, including Hotel Rwanda and Half of the Yellow Sun. And here with us on set in Washington, D.C., Heather Harris is a professor at Stevenson University and author of a new book, Neo-Race Realities in the Obama Era.
1: Welcome, everyone. So there are two parts to this. Let's hear them. Hello, guests. Part one is the actress and her tweets, and then part two is... Her heritage. Where's she from? Let's let's tackle the tweets because they're controversial. Uh, screen grabs because, as most people know, if they get into trouble online, we you delete the tweets, but somebody somewhere has them. So let's just have a look at this. Uh, this is Cynthia in a. Con- I love her voice on controversial topics. Let's see what your dumbass tweeted today. Referencing ghetto American accent. I have to remember I'm taking this out of context. <laughs> Again, another conversation where... Again, another dumbass tweet. People say ah. we don't think you represent African-Americans. And then Cynthia says, oh, darling, all of these presumptions, it is... Oh, well,
2: yes, I do, because I'm actually African. No, but we're not actually. People ah.
1: you are the representation for all African-Americans. <laughs> that is That's incorrect. Dumb. Let me give you one more. The African in African-American is... Let's pile on and find another dumb tweet. I understand lawfully that most... Uh, if you think that I'm black, and then it goes on and on and on. So it's just the idea that people who are upset about Cynthia are upset because she's tweeted things that they find disrespectful, and she's played many African American characters. Mm-hmm. So this person sums it up on tw-
2: So, it's actually the fault of the dumbass casting directors that
1: cast her before in all the meaty uh highly sought after black indigenous black american roles. Why is A black indigenous American never qualified to play their own roles. No, we've simply got to go to Africa and find one of them to play our civil rights heroes. Only they have the intellect and the talent to play this. Claire, fix it up.
8: Twitter uh, with the hashtag our story or the, the handle our story this particular actress has made offensive remarks concerning <laughs> African Americans. Being that Harriet Tubman
2: and also like she is like the daughter of actual slave traders so I mean I guess she's qualified because she knows all about it like firsthand. an African
8: American legend it is disrespectful to cast this lady in the role. So that's one person's take but I wanted to
2: We don't give a shit.
8: Share another. So this person uh, uh, took screen grabs. Some of the ones that you have there others that she's compiled. This person has compiled. They go by the handle Electric Bo Peep, and they explain (laughs) why they think uh, many of the tweets that they found from this actress are problematic. Electric Bo Peep sent us an audio comment with their thoughts. Have a listen.
3: Why do we think Harriet deserves better? Because Cynthia Revo has a very troubling, very consistent seven-year pattern from 2011 to 2018 of belittling African Americans and promoting and defending the
9: ethnic bigotry towards the very people who Harriet Tubman fought to free.
2: Exactly. Descendants
9: of chattel slavery. Because This is
2: the casting office. Yeah, that's exactly. Oh my God. As soon as I read those tweets, I was like, ha! She is the one! Oh my god! She is gonna, all black people are just gonna like, get blacker when they black see that. They're gonna be like, to oh my god! everything to evade
3: accountability for these actions. When an anti-Semite be allowed to play Moses,
8: why should Cynthia Riva be allowed to play our Moses? Strong words there, Antonio. I'm hand that right off to you. What do you make of that aspect of this controversy?
5: Well, let me start off by saying that I think that what we don't recognize is to be put at odds with our own story, where we have to boycott Harriet. I mean, um, this hashtag that's going around uh, pushed by not just Ados, but many black people across the country is pointing out a reality, a reality that we don't know enough about Cynthia Riva, her past. Um, the recent article came out in the New Yorker about slave trading in Nigeria. Wouldn't it be something if we do find out that she is Dahlia, which are the slave traders in Nigeria, and she is not Ohu. But in addition we have a long history going back to...
2: Oh, wait, that hasn't been confirmed.
5: <laughs> My bad. McDaniel, black actresses, African-American actresses, pushing for an opportunity to be casted in roles that go beyond um, just being Mammy and Gone with the Wind.
2: First of all, you better put away your vagina when you come to the audition because nobody will want to hear about it. And now when the role is actually here... You see this
5: whole kind of shifting where we're going to look for more classically trained people. We're not going to look for people
2: that actually can play the, the role. I hate to tell you that there are classically trained black actors here in the United States that had excellent educations that would have been qualified to play that role. Just in case anybody is wondering.
5: A-D-O-S better,
10: Hakeem. Well, you know, it's interesting you say this because as an African and as an Englishman, I see many African-Americans playing African roles. Uh, Where? With, from Don Cheadle to, you know, uh, uh, Denzel Washington, uh, a myriad of them, Whittaker, all of them playing iconic African roles. Oh, well, that's uh, a good so, you know, there's, uh, there's many.
2: But the three that you mentioned, uh, they are, I mean, technically not, uh, I mean they are second and third generation, uh, Caribbean Americans, right? So that's slightly different. They've all
10: played iconic African roles. As an artist, I do not begrudge them. I think it's very important that they give a chance to express themselves as long as they have the integrity and the honesty to portray the people that they're portraying in in, in a real, uh, and honest way. So, um, You know, I find this quite a duplicitous argument in one sort of sense,
5: and that you're not looking at the full picture. See, and I I believe that that kind of falls.
2: So there are none indigenous, indigenous, you know, black, Indian, non-Caribbean descent people playing anything. I will tell you that. I've looked. There are none think about it. We got to be totally honest, you know, about what, who is so-called African-American and what that really means, you know. It's not this, it's not, it's not what they're saying, people.
5: Because what you're actually talking about is star actors in Hollywood playing roles in American films. In addition, you create an identitarian oneness in Africa as though. I don't understand how that could be an American film. Well, let me, let me finish. Uh, Let me finish. And I'll actually say when you talk about, um, when you talk about Will Smith
2: playing a Nigerian. Oh wait. And you know why I think they do that? Let me tell you. It's, it's the same reason why Cardi B will be pushed in rap over any other black female rapper. No matter, you know, how how popping her hits are or aren't, um, the people that are doing the marketing are thinking, well, all the black people are just going to assume that because she she has, you know, you know, because she's got to tame down her edges or whatever, or she wears a lace front and she got, you know, the tan complexion, black people will just go along, but we're also going to get this huge international uh, Spanish speaking audience. So it's the same thing when they are casting uh, some of our biggest stories, they are thinking this film is going to be worldwide And we're having these characters and and everything, but these, the, the blacks that are abroad, even though we're a huge diaspora, they're going to know, oh, that person's Nigerian. Let's support that Nigerian. It's going to sell, it's going to sell bigger all over because of that. And yet they just assume though, And we don't have any problem. We love Nigerians. We we love the whole diaspora. All black people, we love each other, we support each other. But what we're talking about is a deliberate a deliberate um thing that's going on in casting where we are not being cast. And so you'll have somebody that is, yes, as talented and gifted as I am, where they say there's no roles. There were no roles. For me to even audition for that were not whores, prostitutes, child mothers, crackheads, criminals, uh totally messed up. That's all that was out there. Juilliard trained person, person that was on stage my whole life. There was literally a handful of auditions that I felt like, you know, I could even go and I would not be emotionally scarred by these roles. And that's what made me understand how important it was all those years ago when they were doing that and then pretended when they pretend like they can't see you that's what this whole thing is about and that's why I'm putting this on my show and and I'm talking about if you want to hear these interviews without me interjecting go on support those channels that's why I'm putting them on there to make you aware of it but as somebody who was they smeared me everywhere. I wasn't talented. I'm not good enough. I'm like, oh, 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 or whatever kind of nonsense that they were saying, their whole point was to make sure that they didn't see me. And I have that level of talent to be there. So when they're telling people, oh, no, they're not ready. Oh, oh, no, we can't find any. Oh, oh, you know, this is what they're telling to other people in power that are saying, well, you know, you know, you can't find any. And they're saying, oh, no, no, we got to go to Africa. Oh, no, we got to go everywhere else. And don't worry, everybody will just accept it. And we're saying we are not being represented.
7: Show your ass going to learn to drive and deal with somebody that shit all day all the time and act silly. I'm You're not acting silly. I'm supporting you. I'm making supporting sure. You support me when you start I'm helping out sure that with your all the hard part. i um, I'm with you, sit this, um, all you through all this. I'm going to make no noise. Sing me a damn song right now. Heartbeat It made me feel so weak Heartbeat It made me
3: feel so weak Heartbeat So weak Heartbeat
2: So weak I
1: want to anything you want me to
2: not keep my hands on. You You shut my butt, baby. While they're sitting up there talking about, oh we got so much diversity because they've 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 done a better job with LGBT. Well, congratulations. You have done a better job with LGBT, but you have not. Done a better job with indigenous black Americans that uh you cannot say that we are not a huge part of human rights all over the world that the strides that us standing up in the whole civil rights thing that was us that was our story, so it's a slap in the face when you keep saying you can 't find any of us, but everybody from everywhere else is the most talented and And is the greatest, and see the thing is that they are building these people's careers. they will build this person that for us came out of nowhere. I don't even know her name that's playing Harriet Tubman. This person, because of this movie, because of the importance of who that character is, they are gonna next be able to put this person in all these other movies and say, see, we did diversity! Just like they did with Lupita Nyong'o. And I don't have a problem with Lupita Nyong'o. But she is not Black, Indigenous to the American, uh, to this continent, okay? And they put her in 12 Years a Slave so that all the Indigenous Black Americans here can be like, oh yeah, we've we've got all this representation. And what's happening is those handful of actors that they're putting in that place and getting to be in all the hot projects. That means we have no fulcrum to ever get there. Indigenous black American actresses and performers. We have no, because they're playing our characters. There's, there's no way for us to get into the, to to get the stature that's going to put us in place immediately To be in the next Charlie's Angels or to be in the next mainstream film that's not a Tyler Perry film. Because the characters that would have the meat in it where we could show off to get to that point is going to be given by a non-Indigenous American. And not only that, if you talk about star power, we are also not going to be chosen for the uh, all these makeup campaigns and everything. And I forgot, I, I don't know if it was Mag. I don't know who it was that was having all these. Um, no, it wasn't Mag. It was some YouTuber. I'm not sure what her name was. And she was like, they keep giving themselves a pat on the back for diversity. And the only images Black women are seeing are international, supposedly um, exotic, what what white people think are exotic, non-Black American faces and all over the place from the runway to the makeup, to everything. We are still not being seen. And then what they'll do is publish in a magazine. Oh, diversity is great. And we got more representation than ever. And the indigenous Black American woman whose purchasing habits and taste tend to dictate the whole market and influence the whole market Is still sitting there saying, where the hell am I in the trajectory of this? Why am I still invisible? And these people are saying that they did the diversity that was required. It's the same thing that they're doing with, uh, you know, with the actors where they're, they're, they're putting, uh, you know, trans men in all these big female roles. Okay. And then saying, oh, we, we covered all the ground. We caught, we, we did the diversity. But yet no, no, no people that are supposed to be getting an opportunity because of the unfair system, they're still not getting represented. But some people are winning awards and getting pats on the bat, and nothing is nothing is really being fixed. And then when we sit here and we say something, they're like, "Oh wow, we tried and you're still complaining. No, no, we're exposing that you're not really doing what you say you're doing. No black indigenous. That is the freaking problem. Halle Berry is one person. That is not enough. I hate to tell you. And we still need to see some more vaginas. Uh, God knows when that will actually happen. But um, I just had to say as a person who they tried to persecute uh, for not being successful and not being famous when they know they only have plans to elevate people that are international. And they're still telling me, in order for me to be successful, I've got to leave the United States and move to Japan or wherever. I mean, I love people internationally, but they're saying I've got to go and be a star somewhere else because I still cannot be seen as a human being with talent, accomplished, and excellent in my own country. That means. It's not on their agendas. And black Americans need to wake up and smell the damn cappuccino. Doctor In
5: America, in a film about CTE and the NFL, it's an American film. In addition, Africa is not a country. Tell me about your country and your tribe. What you see is that uh, uh, idea that we're going to create 52 countries into one country and give them the qualities of, a, of an identitarian oneness that they don't operate with but they're themselves. In actuality, these are very disassociated places. So now you become one place or is it 52 places?
2: Sorry. I I, I skipped ahead. But um, something else that I wanted to say is, you know, nobody is perfect or whatever, but they're not even trying. They're not even trying to make sure that any of us even would be ready. They don't want to even see that we're there. I needed a little bit of support and it would have been a step right in. But they they don't even want to cultivate it so that they can continue to say that level of talent, that level of accomplishment doesn't exist. And that's why we have to go somewhere else because they are not good enough. That's what their argument is while their movie is trying to say, see, we think you're good enough. Oh, you think we're good enough and that's why you got to cast somebody from someplace else, right? No, we see you and we see what you're about and we see what you really think of us. And then that makes me say, guess what? This little bit of money that we're busting our asses to get, we don't have to spend on your freaking film.
10: I'm not quite sure what you're trying to say here, but I never said Africa was one country. I, for one, know it isn't. I'm telling you that African-Americans have played a, a variety of different African roles, African character roles, right? Well, In the same
2: way. You're- no, they have not. I hate to say it, but all the actors that they've ever put into those roles uh, have all been of... Um, Caribbean descent, not to say that they are not a part of the Americas, but it has never been, uh, indigenous Blackamoor Indians. It's all, uh, second, third generation, uh, Jamaican and everything else and part, part Caribbean. So, and not that that's bad, but I'm saying don't sit here and say that it's, uh, pure, pure American indigenous that have been cast in this because they have not, they have not. And that also has happened where um, many actors that are second, third generation of Caribbean descent have been chosen purposefully over indigenous black Americans. Once again, because they do not want the vibration, the frequency of the people that this stuff actually happened to ancestors, that this actually happened to portraying it. And we've got to ask why. Somebody needs to start asking why.
4: To read the page. She didn't say this, but I can just read the script and I can connect to it in my way without the baggage and things like that. What I sense from the tweets, et cetera, is that African-Americans want someone who understands Harriet Tubman from an intimate level and from a, a, a lyrical and painful ancestral memory not just i'm going to take the part i can i can interpret this part they want almost someone that
1: is being driven They want them to have a resume that says
4: and if
2: this person has specifically said tweets insulting black indigenous and our struggle and what she thinks of us why the hell should she get to play a hero and we need to really look at people who think that this is wonderful, that she was selected, and that thinks that this is okay. You're exposing yourself by standing, standing with this.
7: What's wrong with that? From now on, I go get
2: it. I told her to put the uh, exact I same thing. That. I not get what you told
7: her. You know she, she wasn't didn't. paying attention. Well, that's right then. Then you shouldn't have fucking gave her the money. You paid her first. No. No. Then what I'm saying is, I want us to see the same thing. If we're eating spaghetti, same thing, same time. Not cooking three times. You want
2: us? You want us to be twins?
7: A little bit too late for that. If you was a little bit younger, maybe. <laughs> Jokes. all over with your ass. Mm. Maybe it'll be a possibility. These people can't cross the street. I should have known something was wrong on that first slap. Daddy. After all that shit, I'm Oh, daddy. Slap me in the fucking face. Daddy. And she didn't think nothing of it when I said that.
2: Daddy, I was a baby.
7: Wasn't no damn baby. Big enough to slap me.
2: Daddy, I was two
7: or oh, one. Well, can I get back even with you then? Hmm.
2: You I had all the Muppets. I ain't never
7: you you
2: know how much those Muppets would be worth? I have no idea. You
7: slapped me twice. I ain't never slapped you.
2: Daddy, you gonna hit me with the cane? Daddy, do we have to go back into? You go. You just went back. You Dude, just went back. I didn't go back. I didn't go back. Okay. You we went back. When we I didn't, didn't go the right back. Cat. I didn't go back. The lady wasn't paying attention. She got a little red on it. And I said, you know, my dad's going to lose it if you yeah. don't get us both from orange.
7: Now on, from now on,
2: I'll get them. Give me the money,
7: I'll get them. And if they eat the same thing, I'll make them take it back. You don't put what I asked for, you eat it. Now, when we get down here to the real juice place, we can't get shit because we done got this. Daddy, this looks like and an egg. I only got a... It probably is an egg. <laughs> Lay the egg with your butter. Mm-hmm. Yo. Mm. don't you back up there. Fucking ass. Wow.
4: I want someone who actually feels the ancestral presence of a Harriet Tubman. Mm-hmm.
8: Play that all. Oh. Here's someone who I agree with you. Antonio, I hear you there, but I want to bring in this person I think would agree. And I saw you nodding your head as well. So this is Ashlo on Twitter who says the problem isn't so much that she's British, but that she has said and supported things in the past that show she doesn't understand, support, or respect black Americans or their culture. She was the wrong choice. Antonio, your thoughts?
5: Let me say two parts. The first part is these actors that you guys have brought up, Playing different roles. I don't know if you have a history of them saying anything disrespectful about the countries or tribes they were representing. But in addition, it's a Hollywood financing math that when you get a big star like uh, Forrest Whitaker or Will Smith or Morgan Freeman, it could lead to financing the film. Cynthia Erivo doesn't even have the history to be the lead role in this film. I'm saying she doesn't have this strong backing in Nigeria. She doesn't have this great backing in British. And she barely has a film history in America. So you don't have that same need for her to play the lead role. There are great African-American women that did not get a chance here in America. And I would love to see who they actually auditioned.
1: Let me broaden this. Say, go, go ahead,
10: I'll, Hakeem. Yeah.
5: I'll no, I was going to say that
10: I, I agree with you in terms of the fact that if she's not respectful and she hasn't respected the culture and understood the history of where she is, uh, where, where the characters come from and where the, the, the essence of the people have come from, then you're right, she shouldn't be playing the role. But as an artist, as, a, as an entertainer, I, I don't think that's the case. You know, I
4: think that... Hollywood, we're having this discussion within a space that we did not create for ourselves. Hollywood creates the space, right? They decide through their mode of production, as Kellner would say, he's a media scholar. He says they decide who puts the scripts up, what scripts are up, what they get to represent. And most of the scripts that we get represent the dominant culture's narrative. Right. The ones that don't are usually independent films. So if this is a a larger film production, Hollywood doesn't care who plays the part as long as finances come in. So we are arguing about a number of
2: different... Yeah, so they're looking at the Black international audience, you know, and that's what they're looking at. But yet they take for granted the Black American money and that we never, ever, ever see ourselves
4: levels. One, we're arguing about the disrespect that Cynthia allegedly uh, had for African or has for African Americans. Two, we're arguing in a space about one another in the diaspora that we haven't created for ourselves because in actuality, yes we do play parts across the spectrum It is about getting to know one another. We're talking from a place of stereotypes. We haven't really had conversations with one another to determine how we feel about one another. We're
2: having it now, honey. So if you want to hear that uh, conversation in in, uh, total, go to Al Jazeera English. I am really liking that channel. Uh, Let's go to the Nubians here. And check out what they're thinking about this. Th- this looks like a man to me. I'm so sorry. And I know Harriet Tubman was a man. And that's another subject altogether. But let's go and fly new being queen. Grace. Vicky is going to talk about it.
9: And that is we're going to continue um, our part two uh, on this um, movie. Um, <laughs> entitled Harriet. So they talk black to me. We're getting ready to get into it today, family. And, um, you know, I was discussing this. I did a part one on this um, on Monday. And, of course, I had an interview yesterday um, with uh, Dr. Umar Johnson. For some people, it was quite a shocking interview. And it was certainly a surprising interview for me. Um it was uh it got real. Somebody taught black to me, but we um we're still sharing it with the world to see because I think it's important. So we want to make sure I want you to make sure that when you're done, when we're finished with this broadcast, after you share and like it, this broadcast, um, after the show is over, of course. Uh for those of you that did not get a chance to see yesterday's show, please watch it and be sure to watch it until the end. You have to watch it until the end. Um uh, it's quite interesting. And I want to say to those of you who have reached out to me on Twitter, on Instagram, um, on uh, YouTube, um, DM'd me, <laughs> comments, um, you all reached out to me in more ways than one. Even I received phone calls. I want so to it's s- a
2: strong topic then. Okay. I'm sorry. I'm going in because we got a long show Love ahead you of back, us. back, family. <laughs> Check her out on Fly Newbie and Queen. Our perspective. Go ahead, girl. Drink your punch
9: kinds of arguments and reasons why we should support this movie I've listened truly to the pros and cons of this and I'm sure there are others but I've listened to a lot I've read different articles I've looked at some of the facts and folk that spent their money so we don't have to shout out to Dr. Boys Watkins being one of them and after all that and me listening to several interviews I need somebody I see y'all putting it in. I love y'all. This is an intelligent group. You know, we ain't not a group, this is family. This is the black family. Let me come on, Vicky, keep going. So I need somebody, I see your Instagram fully woke. Still still not my Harry. After all of the lies of this flop. This flop, that is Harriet, meaning the movie Harriet. They can every y'all say everything It's a stroke.
2: crazy Black people that don't like us were overruled because you paid to see it. And hashtag struggle, struggle, Harriet, struggle, movie,
9: whichever way y'all want to do this struggle.
2: To place us back in the struggle and so mentally. There is.
9: if i call you renee you renee if i say your name is lynn you are lynn so sit down with that now vicky get off of that. now family as you come in come on in keep giving us a thumbs up liking and sharing come on we're gonna get into this real quick i'm not gonna be with you long but i'm gonna be strong interesting see i told you they don't stink when you pull the membrane out oh God. come on <laughs> how is it that a movie that should invoke pride it's causing beef within the black community. I'm telling you today, it's on purpose, right? And
2: to divide us.
9: I got to say this because <laughs> I'm going to tell you what I mean. Everybody else, <laughs> see Instagram, BlanubinqueenTV.com. Come on over right now. Thank you so much.
2: I think we're gonna we're so gonna family. take a pause, family. We got to pause. Hold up, <laughs> we got to pause. Oh, God, Well, hold on, we'll be right back.
11: You saw me, you saw the mushroom shirt, mushroom shirt. Bang, mushroom shirt, mushroom shirt. shirt. Oh, see, you can't stop with the mushroom shirt. You now, I was, go on. I how to stop the No, shirt. you gotta keep going. Okay, no. now let me show you something, look at that. Oh, you got a mushroom belt. Gerard, did you know your pops had a mushroom
6: belt
2: on? <laughs> That's a mess. So after I say that, I'm getting ready
3: to read an article. I titled today's show,
9: Why Is It? that since this harriet movie black folks are beefing and other everybody else is cheering and when i say everybody else i mean your open enemies i mean white folk that want to continue to control us and to tell our stories and to shape the narrative when I say everybody else, I'm talking about the black white supremacists that are helping push this false narrative, too. That's what I mean when I say
11: everybody else. Let me tell you something. A lot of people don't know this about me. I was back in the Civil Rights Movement with Martin Luther King. Yeah, I'm at old. I'm back there. She did. Fought for the rights of all men. We had the Vietnam War then plus we had the civil rights movement at the same time you're talking about somebody protesting every day, I was out there every fucking day I got hit in the head with a billy stick soldier knocked the shit out of me (laughs) now let me tell you something about being hit in the head with a billy stick when the national guard tell your ass to move get the fuck on that soldier knocked the shit out of me (laughs) (laughs) America that's trying to be like Martin Luther King Turn the other chief, we had a picket sign, they all trying to be docile Singing their freedom song real soft We shall overcome (laughs) We shall overcome Oh no But I was loud We shall overcome We shall overcome Bring the boys home from Vietnam And give us our civil rights, you motherfucker
2: Oh god
11: Sergeant walked up to us. He said, Look, you guys get off the corner. Move. Everyone get out the corner. I stood in this space. I said, Let me tell you something, sir. We represent Martin Luther King. When Martin wouldn't leave, and I'm not gonna leave there, we're not gonna leave either. Not till boys come from, from Vietnam. And you give us our civil rights. I looked around, everybody.
2: They are
3: so
7: close. This movie there, you won't forget. How oh, really? Do. How, do How do I know? Oh! You're in her hair. I can't see shit. Can't see nothing with their hair like that. Okay. I cannot see the ground. Oh, my you got to start wearing that hair. Wear it.
2: I tried to put the hat on to calm it down.
7: You had something to wear. When people like think
2: that. I look like Shaka Khan, I get free stuff. Haven't you noticed?
7: I don't care whether you look like Shaka Khan. Suppose I had accident. That would have been bad. You're going to get out and tell them, oh, I look like Shaka, Shaka Khan. Don't blame my daddy.
2: <laughs> Be a shock, right. So, um... Nobody has a toilet
7: around here? They got one in there, I'm not gonna let you use it. Well,
2: let's go see. Show them this, hand. Let's this hair. Let's put this hair to work. Put this hair. And I'll say, I'll ask for the bathroom. And then I'll say, Tim, is something good? not in before I get in there. <laughs> I know it. You now, when you get the mushroom
11: shirt? I got to know. Well, the secret is, you got to coordinate.
2: Uh-huh. OK. We're back. Oh, here we go, girl. Don't stop. How is it? How in the world?
9: She's licking stamps. She's licking stamps. (laughs) And wars. (laughs) Attention. Wars. Involve battle. Wars. Involve struggle. You know. That arts. And entertainment family and media have been weaponized. Hip hop, music,
2: nah, 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 nah.
9: sports, education, huh? our families, what you talking about? religion, our food, our air, our water, she our place air? of residence. All of these different things and some more stuff science, medicine, has been weaponized. Your open enemy has evolved Mm. and become more sophisticated in the attacks against us. They're not coming at you blazing just with guns, because we still have that with these race soldiers on these police forces and in law enforcement. These are not things that Vicky's making up. These are things that are verifiable. We've given you the receipts on them many times. Watch all of my other past broadcasts and podcasts. So They've made this movie. They've weaponized this movie. Let me give you an example, and I'm gonna give you this example. And I'm gonna move on. Just before I give you the example, I want to say this with, with, with about uh, Harriet Tubman. For those people that think that we're being very sensitive about this subject, for those that are saying, "Well, yes, we know that,"
2: she's on like Chris um, Franklin,
9: the writer of this movie took liberties Stop with the movie. Myself. We know that she told some truth and that she filled it in with some lies. Shout out to you Shaquana, for your gift. May your gift be returned back to you a thousandfold. Okay. We know that she did those things but they do that with other kinds of movies. They they they, 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 they add fillers. They, they don't always tell the truth in other movies. This, this is normal for, for movies. Cynthia Arivo is the uh, main actress in here. And the director is Casey Lemons. We know I was watching an interview on PBS with Casey Lemons about this. And I'm going to talk about that perhaps briefly. But she acknowledges that she took liberties with it and stuff. Let me tell you something. Y'all being real sensitive. Coordinated effort. <laughs> Oprah with
2: Oh, they stopped you on that note.
9: <laughs> this is funny it. looking self. Was interviewing Cynthia about this movie, and guess what? What word did Oprah use to describe? She said, "I was. I see you got uh, some hateration." That's what Oprah said the other day when she interviewed Cynthia Arivo. Then Gail King's cold mammy. Uh oh. Shout out to you, Magic, for your gift. May your gifts be returned back to you a thousandfold. Gail King the other day on her show. She interviewed Cynthia Revo as well, and guess, guess, guess what? One of the words that Gail used, y'all know. I, do, I, I, I try to do my research and pay attention to what's going on. I told you, coordinated effort. Somebody say coordinated.
2: Coordinate. This is intentional. Coordinate, I said, like with this billboard. Coordinate.
9: Gail used the Coordinate. word. Hey, hate, <laughs> hater, haters came out. She was saying to Cynthia Revo, uh, Revo and, and Oprah mentioned something similar about folks hating on them because she's uh, 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 she's not from America. Um, because she's uh, from, uh, she's a Brit, and because uh, she's uh, African, she's Nigerian, and because you know all of these different things, they tried to make it like it was just that, uh, just uh, just a simple little issue that they had because she's other. So they use the word hateration. Well, first of all, Oprah and and and, and Gail, y'all got that word from us. So, no, somebody talk lack to me. Y'all got that word hateration from us. I want to
2: do that. You
3: don't
9: even use that in your day to day. Don't need.
3: Chit-chat.
9: Because you ain't really saying nothing. For
2: she fact. got it from Mary J. I.
9: All you're doing is making sure that you told the line for white supremacy, which is why you got that $11 million contract, girl, by the way. After you threw R. Kelly under the bus, oh. and after you made him into a mini series on a morning news show, know. I need somebody black to talk black to me. I and know. she acknowledged family tacitly. That's the reason why she got that big, fat $11 million contract. But never, nevertheless, I you noticed that these black... Mammies who told the line for white supremacy are using words that are typically associated with black urban culture. Oh. Generation. You, we taught you that. It's so no, you are projecting that you are talking uh, to us because it's showing white folks going around here talking about Harriet is from, is, is, is Nigerian and she's not a, 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 a descendant of the enslaved here in America. White folks aren't saying stuff like that. White folks are not, they don't care about the fact that she disrespected us. They don't care about her long history and the receipts. I posted on my Instagram page. Go to Vicky X. You will see some of the receipts that I have from not only Cynthia Arrivo, but also her little buddy, Lovey.
3: If you don't know who she is, that's fine. Look at it later.
9: And some very racist
3: things that
9: these women have said, disparaging things that they've said about us intentionally. Again, go to Vicky XD on Instagram. Follow me on Instagram and go look at some of my posts. <laughs> she my got people. that in there. I'm not all of them that said that they enjoy the movies. This is no disrespect to them. But there are a particular group who are intentionally disagreeable. Shout out to you, Magic City, for your gift. It says blessings to you, Vicky.
2: She's on the live thumbs
9: stream. Thumbs up, thumbs up. Live stream. A couple of days ago.
2: I want y'all to go and check out her channel and support it. I was just trying to give you some soundbites.
9: Forbes, Forbes, yes, magazine. His name is Scott Mendelson. Mendelson. M-E-N-D-E-L-S-O-N. I think he spelled his own name wrong. I think his name is really Scott Mendelson. Oh, no. Someone say hashtag my uh,
2: M-Y-O-W-B. She got jokes. Let me try to get to it. Oh my god. Sorry for my internet. But you can go and check out uh you can check out her channel and hear the rest of it. I I think she 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 really bringing it. Uh <laughs> If it doesn't come on in about a second, I'm going to switch up and we're going to head over to uh let's see. I don't
1: know. Let's see. See if I can get.
9: A box office win for Harriet shows online controversies don't matter.
2: Which means our opinions don't really matter. Meaning we can say whatever we want about them, we get to decide their narrative. (laughs) That's what they're saying. We don't care. We don't care if they don't like what what we're presenting. Uh, We could just pull out anything we want. Rewrite the narrative. Somebody said, stay
9: on top of it, Vicky. You know I'm going to do it. Can you all believe that? The nerve of
2: this white man to put his mouth, to fix his lips. Oh, wow. She's hitting Mariah notes. (laughs) Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Then all of a sudden my internet is going out, you know, and if, if white to people me, are I'm listening to this conversation, Anytime you see folks
9: with these, uh, 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 when, when you see folks with, 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 with access to Forbes and the audience of Forbes and the minds of Forbes writing, a right. piece called A Box Office Win for Harriet shows online controversies don't matter. They're trying to discredit us. Yes. But you can't see it like that. You got to understand how warfare works. There's an element of deception in warfare, which we've talked about before. Deception. And this is deception. This is a deception when your open enemy says that online controversies don't matter. When they say it doesn't matter, baby. It matters! They're concerned!
2: She's hitting those notes.
9: Because of our growing, growing
1: influence. Somebody talk black to me. Wait,
7: I'm ready. <laughs> they think you just walk me off the street now for the bathroom.
1: Tell
7: me you gotta be dead. Yeah. Okay. It's hot in here. Oh.
2: Oh my god! Oh, oh my goodness, that's my underwear.
3: Hi, baby. Hi.
2: Hi. Look at those shoes. (laughs) Grandma loves you. You can't even keep those toes in those shoes. No, she's okay. What's her name? uh, uh, Nova. 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 Got a belly button out. (laughs) She's ready for the summer.
9: She likes big girls. I see that. To want listen to the arrogance of that
1: arrogance. Oh,
9: girl. At this point, I'm gonna read that again. It's it's merely a matter of expecting moviegoers to ignore the very things they claim to want while they binge the latest Netflix Netflix show while complaining that Hollywood only makes superhero movies. Casey Lemons's Harriet Tubman biopic starring. Cynthia Erivo's was actually structured like Captain America, the first Avenger. But I digress. Point being, folks have been saying for decades that they wanted a Harriet Tubman flick, and now that they got, but we didn't
2: want it starring uh, possible slave owner's uh, descendant, retelling our story, and making us look bad. That's against the plight of diversity. Stop clapping yourselves on the back for insincere and fake diversity we don't want it it's actually worse it actually makes things worse one
9: and miracles are, uh, uh, and now that they got one and miracle of miracles they showed up so just I don't have time to break down just the arrogancy in the way he even wrote it that tends that attends to white supremacists
2: Uh-oh. arrogance. Remember, we're going to say color caste system now. We're not going to say white pharmacy because, you know, that like really makes people feel uncomfortable. Let's just say it, it affirms the color caste system.
9: Now, 11.6 million isn't a jaw dropping number. Listen, watch how he's going. Watch. He admits it, Family. He goes, now eleven point six million isn't a jaw-dropping number. Somebody say we knew that. Somebody say we knew that. Duh. Somebody say we have a we have an unwavering belief, Scott Mendelson, Scott, and our own intelligence. We didn't need you to co-sign. We didn't need confirmation from you because we can, we, we know that. He admits. Now, 11.6 million isn't a jaw-dropping, drop, jaw-dropping number. And ten to five years ago, I would have pegged a film like this for an easy 15 million dollar launch. But the variables have changed. So he acknowledges that 11.6 million dollars is launch money. I don't know if they do it now. I, I'm for it.
2: Launch money or lunch money?
9: Somebody tell Black to me. About to be 41.
2: Better talk Black to me. In a couple
9: of months. Better.
2: See if they stop messing with us, but if phone, my mother I have gave this us a musical. quarter
9: when we went to elementary school, we could get uh, some chocolate milk. That was a treat. I went to a school called Witherspoon in Mississippi. That was an elementary school I went to. And that was a treat for us. So when we didn't always, my mama didn't always have it like that to give us some extra change. But I loved it when mama would give me a
2: quarter for school because that, she got stories. She pulled that one out. I can have some chocolate milk right now. Oh, gosh. If you're liking this as much as I am, you need to go support her channel. And you can also <coughs> drop me some support on Tyler Powers Radio. Because, <laughs> you know. My
3: heart up. You're always in my face. Oh, it really
2: makes me want to see. Oh, no. Uh, you have a bathroom? No. Is that a yes? Is that a no? We're doing this. (laughs) taking our time. This is disturbing. This is emotionally uh, stimulated. I cannot get internet. They don't want this girl to say anything else. This is censorship. This is censorship. My page is rebuffering. We might just go right to RFG because RFG Chosen One is actually talking about how the fact that we're talking about our own identity is now back, a new issue. I'm
9: just saying, the arrogance. I have to always do history lessons. Whenever arrogance. To, to
2: poke out his chest, always go to history. <laughs> yeah. So let me fast forward, and then we'll go to RFG. <laughs> Let's see. Oh, what else? What else? is
9: that? Beloved, they don't teach you. They teach you. They
2: don't. T- oh wait. Let's go to this Byron Allen Visits the Breakfast Club. How did I miss that? When did that happen? Okay, anyway, yeah, I missed it. Um Yeah, a couple. I don't know if I actually put the segment on. I know I taped it. But um, I did cover uh, the Byron a- Allen issue that he's got this lawsuit. I think Tony was alluding to it earlier um, against Comcast. So let's hear him explain it.
5: Wanted to come to you, have a brief discussion about what I've been seeing. Um, I'm gonna let people start falling in. It's gonna be a about a 20 minutes.
2: All right, let's go into it. Sorry for the rebuffering. I'm just dealing with crappy internet. Here we go. Byron Allen, the comedian from uh, the 80s. Without
5: understanding the pillars of black wealth, that being black business, black economics, uh, black academia, you have to understand these people's narratives. And no one frames black business better than Byron Allen, not only at the present moment, but possibly in American history. And I kind of of wanted to to frame Byron first because I don't think that they really ever did justice to it. The reason why is because they let him say it because they don't know. Byron Allen, right now, honestly, may be the wealthiest black man in American history. The reason why I say that is because yeah, when we talk about like channels and 100% ownership, this is, rare t- this is territory black people have never been in. We've been locked out. If you listen to what he said, we have to get our wealth through entertainment. That's not a functional way to get wealth in a society as wealthy and resourceful as America. That's because we were slaves, and then f- after that, we were locked into Jim Crow. Now, now, I'm not talking about, you know, African uh, leaders and or dictators or rulers in, in, in Africa. But in America, Byron Allen may be the wealthiest black man ever, and if he isn't now, he definitely will be soon enough. The Weather Channel today may have a valuation of $2 billion, and with inputs and investment, could get up to tens of billions of dollars. That's how valuable the Weather Channel is. He said one thing, and and I don't think that Charlemagne or or I'm DJ Envy really understood. Angela Yee, I give her more, I give her more respect. I think she paid him more respect. Other than the part about snitching, um, what you have to understand is he said there are four cable networks: News Corp, CNN, and MSNBC, and the Weather Channel. And the Weather Channel is owned a hundred percent by him, a hundred percent. And I I don't think that we understand the the gravity. Of, ...of that moment...
2: Did he hire Al Roker? Because that would be... That would be... Wow.
5: Because we're all so self-interested. What do I mean? So you have DJ Envy and Charlemagne <laughs> on this couch... ...asking this man... ...who may be the wealthiest black man in the history of the nation... ...so what's your hookup? So where'd you get the money? DJ Envy... ...that money in your hands is worthless. You don't have the relationships... ...the expertise or the, the grit or know-how to do anything with the connection Byron has. When you interview somebody at that level, you nobody would ask Rupert Murdoch. Nobody would ask Bill Gates. So where'd you get the money? Under the pretense that I will copy what you did. Understand that Byron Allen, just as much as he a creation of his own effort, is a creation of a perfect timing. His mother himself come right after civil rights. They come kind of... On the edge or before, Reagan starts tearing things down.
2: Wait, why don't he run for president? <laughs>
5: so they're right there, well-timed.
2: As an independent. Him against Bloomberg. Byron
1: Allen against Bloomberg. Because they both are rich. Oh, yeah, let's do it.
5: To start positioning themselves. Byron Allen is, is, is entrenched in this whole economic, like, change that we're locked out of. See, that's why reparations and government is so important. To opening and spread open the opportunities that he had for us, no, not be to jealous. be billionaires, but to be basic components of society and community. I thought it was entirely disrespectful for DJ Envy or Charlemagne, These two people. I know DJ Envy has a college degree. Charlamagne went to night school. And I'm not saying that just that makes it so that you can't replicate him, but your timing, your overall know-how and your basics Megan, it so it's no point in asking on a live interview. Where did you get your hookup or?
2: But re- you know what he? They were asking. They were asking for the audience. <laughs> there's somebody ignorant in the audience, like, oh yeah, he got that. Where did he get that from? So that you know, remember when you're a host, you, you literally during the context of the interview have to be asking the questions that people in the audience are thinking as the interview is going along. That's what makes you a good host. So I understand what he's saying. But also, there's probably a lot of ignorant people in their audience that was thinking, well, where the hell did he get the money from? I mean, just trying to be HBCU channel, get a voice today. It is your obligation
5: to speak for the little black kid on the corner that can't bring this lawsuit. See, it is... Our obligation to magnify what he is accomplishing with his wealth—that is the goal. You can't have people asking questions that don't understand what the hell they're talking about. <laughs> Let's talk about it. So,
2: talk black to me. Had another moment
5: in there with DJ Envy. Uh, he said that he's gonna make a
12: Spanish channel or make his channel in Spanish. More.
7: Oh, God. What's this searching for?
3: right here, my
7: dear. I don't have to I'm right getting right you. I don't know what I am never, never going to give you. i never giving I me worth worth about about what I want. What I want. It <laughs> it's
2: good Too good you Spread you want an inanimate Here's another one Yeah Well, it could have to if they don't take it back Who don't take it back? Oh, I thought you
7: were talking
2: about the suit Daddy, you do a lot of mumbling
7: What do,
3: what, do what do you say You don't have
2: the hearing yeah. impairment. Maybe you can hear me, better. But now you're not saying anything. Yeah,
7: I'm saying turn that fucking thing off so you can hear me.
2: What was you saying? You like the icy? Hell no. They've
5: never had a weather channel in America fully in Spanish. And DJ Envy says to him, well, it better be sexy. Look, when you have a black man, a black man in America, a black man in America that's suing Comcast, that any word could go wrong, you need to understand this is not a game. Do you understand the implications of saying that, that, of, of making sexist or misogynistic or racist comments about ownership of a weather channel? I, I, I have no idea why DJ MVP...
2: Wait, did. he went in, He keeps going on about that. Is he actually going to play any part because of the interview? the that
5: Byron is. But because of all the black people, the Latinos...
2: No, he's just on top of them.
5: the Asians, all of the minorities that use this law, all of the women that use this law in labor to protect themselves. This is the fight. This is the moment. There is no reason that black folks... That Asians, Latinos, whites shouldn't be on the steps of the Supreme Court. This may be the biggest lawsuit right. in terms of business right access for diversity right. in a hundred years.
2: But well, we're on our own fighting for this until we get it passed, and then everybody else benefits. Basically,
5: I never got that from the Breakfast Club interview because they don't know. And when you don't know enough about that, you end up just talking about like aspirational doferism, self ism
2: and that's and that's why people need to get educated and be stimulated, and the time to start thinking and being a conscious individual, not fake conscious for real conscious is now
5: what I got from the breakfast club interview I got a bunch of 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 you know. Where'd you get your money and, hey, man, and just a bunch of like,
2: okay, he's mad about that.
5: Wake <laughs> ass
11: up, in the, morning. the Breakfast
5: Club. Oh, here it is. Morning, everybody. It's DJ NV Angela Yee,
13: Charlamagne Tha God. We are the Breakfast Club. We got a special guest in the building. Yes, indeed. Byron mm-hmm. Allen. Good morning, sir. Good morning. Good morning. First of all, thank you for he's having me. Sting. I really appreciate it. No, no, no. I'm a big fan. I'm a big fan. You do amazing right, work. In and morning. I really appreciate you so much. So It's, it's, it's an honor to be Familiar. Who is Byron Allen? Yeah. For people who may not be familiar, who is Byron? That's a great question. I'm trying to figure that out
2: myself.
13: I'm really blessed.
2: They're uh, talking about black
1: wealth okay. in so
13: many ways. Uh, so let me pull up I, your celebrity net worth to let people know exactly how <laughs> how blessed you are. <laughs> you know what? That, those blessings. When you know, I, I I think about how great America is when I think about just my America. simple story. Mm-hmm. My mother. Uh, Got pregnant with me when she was 16 years old. Wow. And she had me 17 days after her 17th birthday. Wow. So. In Michigan, right? Detroit. In in Detroit, Michigan. Mm -hmm. So here I am, born April 22nd, 1961, a little black baby, born without civil rights. You wouldn't bet on that baby, and you wouldn't bet on that 17-year-old little girl. Mm -hmm. And uh, I was just fortunate, you know, to have such a great mother. You were blessed. And, uh. The Detroit riots came about when uh, Martin Luther King was assassinated. Mm -hmm. I was uh, seven years old. I was playing in the streets. And I'll never forget the moment they killed him. And Mm -hmm. my mother and my grandmother, they just screamed like I've never seen them scream before. They killed him. They killed him. And within five minutes, I was looking down the barrel of a tank. Mm -hmm. Next thing I know, troops were walking on the lawn, bayonets, dogs. And the military took over our neighborhood. Was that to prevent any riots from happening? That was, to oh. st- that was just to squash the riots. Wow. They knew they were going to kick off. <clears throat> mm-hmm. Over a 100-watt riots kicked off when they assassinated Martin Luther King. Listen. And they went in there and they just were in, in place and just squashed it. Mm. And uh, it was basically, if you are on the streets after dark, we're going to shoot you. We're going to kill you. Once and so well. uh, no questions asked. Curfew. Boom. So my mother and I decided to go to L.A. and visit some family mm-hmm. in summer of 68. And uh, some friends. And two week vacation and uh, ended up staying and slept on a lot of sofas, a lot of floors and, uh, good grace of God, just kind of sofa surfed for a while. And my mother, my mother ended up getting into UCLA. Wow. And she went to UCLA and got her master's degree in cinema TV production. Wow. Oh, wow. So it was in your blood. Wow. And so that was, I mean, I'll be the first to say, if the mothers succeed, so will the children. Mm-hmm. Hey. And if the mothers fail... Most likely, so will the children. Mm. So, because my mother was at UCLA mm-hmm. and getting her master's degree in cinema TV production, uh, she went to NBC and said, Can I get a job? Mm-hmm. And they said, No. And mm-hmm. uh, her persistence really paid off. She said, She asked a very important question. She asked a question that changed our lives. She asked, Do you have an internship? And they said, No. Mm-hmm. And then she went to the next question Will you start one with me? Mm. Mm. And they said yes.
3: Wow. Mm-hmm.
13: Game changer. Wow. And my mom ended up being an intern at NBC and then later a tour guide. And then later she went on to become a publicist in the marketing department at NBC. And because she was a tour guide, and we could.
2: Great kids come from great mothers. Remember that. So when we talk about respecting the black woman, that's where our children are going to go. That's who our young men are going to grow up to be.
13: For childcare, I would go out to NBC with her and I would sit and wait for her to get off work and I would just watch Johnny Carson do The Tonight Show. Mm-hmm. Wow. And I'd watch Red Fox do Sanford and Son and Flip wow. Wilson do The Flip Wilson Show and mm-hmm. Richard Pryor do his specials and Freddie Prince do Cheek on the Man, and then I would go and watch an unknown sportscaster uh, do the local news, Brian Mm -hmm. (laughs) Gumbo. And then I watched an unknown weatherman do the weather, Pat Sajak, Mm -hmm. before the Today Show and before Wheel of Fortune. Fortune. And I just went from studio to studio to studio, and I thought, what a wonderful way to go through life, making people laugh, making television, and entertaining the world. This is what I'm going to do with my life. Mm -hmm. And all of that is because... Of education, mm-hmm. my mother getting in there and opening that door, and that's amazing. You know, it changes the, par- it just changes the paradigm instantly. When, I wonder what inspired her to want to go to school. You know what? <clears throat> she wanted, She always knew education was the way, mm-hmm. and she said, "Let's go." And before that, you know, we were in Detroit, and my my daddy worked at Ford Motor Company a little over thirty years, and my granddaddy worked at Great Lakes Steel a little over thirty years, and these were just you know just unbelievable men, right? Never called in a day sick, ever. Got to work, my granddaddy got to work an hour early every day and taught himself how to read Mm. and drank bad coffee every day and didn't even know it. Mm -hmm. And these guys were trying to figure out how to put 36 hours in a 24-hour day. Mm -hmm. And that's what I wanted to do. I wanted to go to the factory with them. And uh, it was just a game changer to see how television was made. So I started doing stand-up comedy when I was about 13, 14 years old.
11: That's how I got first introduced to you as a comedian.
13: Yeah. 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 I started when I was a kid because of watching Red Fox and Johnny Carson and all of these comedians. And I said, you know what? I'm going to start doing stand-up. And I went to the comedy store and uh, did my routine. And, it, and a guy saw me, a terrific guy named Wayne Klein. He saw me, and he said, who wrote those jokes? I said, I did. He said, I know somebody might be interested in writing with you. I said, all right. Gave him my phone number. And I got a call like a week or two later and this guy calls me up. He goes, Let me speak to Byron, JJ <laughs> Walker. There I go, This is Byron. He goes, He goes, This is Byron. I go, Yeah, he goes, My man Wayne Klein says you're funny. <laughs> so if my man Wayne Klein says you're funny, you must be funny. I Darn said, Oh, right. thank you. He goes, You want to come write some jokes with us? I go, All right, let me ask my mom. And he was like, Oh, he's got to ask his mom. So I started writing jokes with Jimmy JJ Walker. I went to his apartment. Oh, good I was time. 14 years old. And in his living room, What kind of apartment did he have? Did it look like the Good Times apartment, or was he making money? He he was making money. He he was making. He was. He was hotter than the sun. He was. He was. uh, You know, on Good Times number one show. He was Mm -hmm. lighting it up. And I go into his apartment, sitting there is David Letterman, who who had just driven out from Indianapolis in a red pickup truck because Mm -hmm. he didn't think he was going to make it, and he wanted to drive home. And Jay Leno, who was sleeping in his car. And they were getting two dollars a, a week, and I was I got $25. Who
2: would have known that those guys were friends? Would you have ever known that that Letterman and, and Jay Leno and J.J. Walker were friends? That's like the coolest story that I never heard as a comedian or just as an American. You know, I, I, I want to hear about that, what that was like. You know, I know they'll be trying to steal this idea, but if I could have my own show, I would be asking, you know, comedians about, you know, obviously they had to have worked together to get where they got. And obviously it didn't matter if you're black or white, you see that they supported each other. And that's hugely inspiring. I really, I would really like to know the backstories of that. It was a joke.
13: a joke today. Yeah, so I sold my joke. I sold a joke to him. Mothers say the craziest things this milk smells sour, here, taste it. Boom. That was it, $25. And uh, I was able to quit (laughs) my paper route. (laughs) And that was great because I was throwing the Herald Examiner and I had to throw two newspapers to make a penny. And so I thought, okay, I've made it. And uh, I started doing stand up and kept doing stand up and kept writing. And I was really fortunate. I ended up being the youngest comedian on The Tonight Show with Johnny Carson. And uh, that went really well. And I remember standing behind the curtain. And I said, all right, the next five minutes here after he introduces me will change my life forever.
3: Mm-hmm.
13: And it went well. And I got a number of offers. And one of them was uh, Real People, which ended up being the, uh, the granddaddy of reality shows. Mm-hmm. Wow. And so Real People was amazing because it took me all over the country. And I was able to see America. And I mean small-town America, where... You don't have stoplights, and it's, uh, you know, population 300 people. So uh, that's pretty much, that's how I got into the business. But before that, it was tough. I mean, it was, you know, with a single mother, and uh, there was talk about her not being able to afford me, not being able to keep me, because uh, things were tough. Money was really tight. And uh, that clicked with me as a kid. So I started figuring out how to make money early on because my mother and father had gotten a divorce and, uh, mm-hmm. I felt like I pretty much lost my father in that divorce and I wasn't about to lose my mother. So I said, I'm not going to let money be the reason why they say to her, you need to put them up for adoption.
14: Mm-hmm.
13: You need to put them in foster care, uh, or whatever it is. So I started making money and I, m- I remember, How? Being, I was 10 years old. I went to the supermarket, Ralph's on. I e
2: Better have my stuff. Is this your pot? You got tea? Coconut. In good Hi, mommy. How are you? He wants your money. Oh, thank <laughs> I got one dollar coconut. Two, two coconuts. Yeah, if you can put a little mango on top of both, that would be good.
13: I said, hey, can I get a job? And they said, how old are you? I said, I'm 10 years old. They said, you have to be at least 16 to work here, to bag groceries. I said, you have to be 16 to bag gro- groceries. I go, well, how old is that guy right there bagging groceries? They said, he's 16 years old. I said, well, I'm 10 years old, and I know not to put eggs at the bottom of the bag. <laughs> <laughs> so why don't you give me a job? Wow, you snitched. Yeah. <laughs> snitched. Well, he was sitting there and I'm like, this lady's going to come back and say, this kid messed up my Absolutely eggs. Right. right. So they said, no, that's not going to work. So uh, I was walking out of the store and I saw this lady bring in a grocery basket back into the store. And I said, and I watched her take the basket and push it into this, into this machine. And then the machine gave her a stamp, and I said, "Hey, lady, what is that?" She goes, "Well, every time you 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 put a grocery basket in this machine, you take it out of the parking lot because they don't want grocery baskets in the parking lot. You get a stamp, and if you get a hundred stamps, you get a dollar's worth of food." So I just worked that parking lot. Wow! And I just kept putting baskets in that machine. That's not loitering. That's not loitering. They it was He's there. Working. I'm working. I'm putting baskets, and I and I'm coming home with food. For my mother. Wow. And I'm saying, okay, here we go, Mama. You don't have to worry about feeding us. That's right. So you start hustling. That clicks right there. Like when somebody goes to your core and say, hey, you can't afford to keep your family, which is something that's very real today. Because we're seeing mothers, single mothers who are struggling. Half the women in this country are living at or below the poverty line. And we're seeing them struggle to try and keep food on the table. He'd be a and the great government's politician. taking them away. Mm hmm. Because of Great. That. I've seen that. I've come too close to that. I've tasted that abyss. So, That's you know, what drives
11: people to a life of crime. A lot of brothers in the hood feel like, you know what, i got to go make ends meet.
13: So they start going to do illegal things to put food on the table. Yes, position to fail.
3: Mm-hmm. Position to fail. Mm-hmm. You know, I
13: uh, I wanted to look at uh, Martin Luther King through C- Coretta Scott King's eyes. So Explain I, that. So I went and I bought, uh, I went to her... <laughs> A number of years, and finally I got her to sell me the rights to her life story because I wanted to look at Martin through her eyes. I felt like Mm -hmm. she's the one that knew him better than anybody. I felt like Coretta is the true queen of America because she's the one who was with him through the civil rights movement. She's the one who raised their four children. She's the one who raised over $50 million to build the Martin Luther King Center for Nonviolent Change. And she is the one who made Martin Luther King's birthday a national holiday. The only American to have his birthday as a national holiday. And she sued the She's, government. She sued, yes. And I'm a making a movie. I am making a movie about that. I'm making a movie about that. Yes, and one. I'm making a movie about that, which is going to change everybody's perspective. And I learned so I much. I hope from it's her. not and, by uh, these people that did so Harry much. Tubman. I'll never forget. She said to me, Byron, as black people we have four major challenges. Number one, end slavery. Number two, end Jim Crow. Now, Jim Crow, in my opinion, was more damaging than slavery because as slaves, we were we were property. Mm-hmm. we We were an asset. And when we became free, we became a liability. Mm-hmm. And that's when they introduced Jim Crow. I need to murder you. I Ooh. need to lynch you. Ooh. I need to incarcerate you. Because you are competing with me, end Jim Crow, and then she said, "Achieve number three, achieve civil rights." And then she choked up, and the next thing she said pretty much changed the way I looked at the world. She said, "The real reason they killed my Martin, achieve economic inclusion." That's right, the Poor People's March. That's it. Poor People's Movement. That's it. She said they didn't kill my Martin. Over, I have a dream. Mm-hmm. They killed my Martin over the speech, the other America. That's right. That's the speech. That's the speech everybody needs to know innately. There are two Americas. One America has opportunity and access to capital and, and education. And, and what does it matter if I can sit at the same lunch counter as my white counterpart and I cannot afford the same hamburger? That's right. Uh- there are two Americas and two Americas will not survive. That's why they John killed Midler's him, the Poor People's that. March. He was going to deliver half a million poor people, mainly poor white people. Yeah, of all races. That would have been a game changer. Race. That was the game changer. Yeah. He was delivering over, over half a million poor people to the nation's capital. And uh, the government said, hey, this guy's a threat to national security. And we've, we're making a movie about this, that they gave the orders to kill him. Yeah. And uh, Have you ever
14: read William Pepper's book, His
13: Lawyer? Uh, that's the book I bought. Orders to Kill. So we're making, that's the reason I got in the movie business, to tell that story and other stories like it. Okay, So so now
2: doesn't that make us understanding why we need to not support historically incorrect movies like Harriet Tubman? His fight is against Comcast, which made that film. And now he's trying to make films that are going to do The right thing. So that's why you knowing what's going on and knowing what's what is extremely important.
13: That's why we are the first movie studio to go direct to the movie theaters. Mm -hmm. And we deal directly with the theaters. So when she told me that, it really changed everything. And I said, you know, you and Martin have done an amazing job. I said, the fourth and final chapter, this generation will deal with it. Mm. You guys took care of the first three, and now it's time for us to deal with that fourth chapter: economic inclusion. And I never forgot. She said, "They will come after you. They will come after they you. Oh, you they kind of coming after you now, right? They always come after me. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and, but, you know, listen. I, I, you know, people always. I've, I've made it very clear: do not live in fear. You cannot live in there fear. There you go. You, you know, I burned my knee pads long ago. You know, <sighs> Lot of oh no! <laughs> so uh, they say me they gonna blackball you. They gonna blackball you, and I'm like, hey, they already your black did ass it. podcast was born. They blackballed you. You just didn't get the email. Uh oh they no! Were born
2: there you go. You know,
13: you've been positioned to fail, and you have to recognize where you are.
2: And you know what? On that note, we're gonna just go very quickly to RFG, and we will come back uh, to finish up with that. Might be a longer episode today, but I really think that it was worth it, us understanding the narrative.
14: Activists as greater... (coughs) RFG. Got some very important information for you guys. Okay, this information um, was unknown to me for a few months now. Um, This came out earlier, mid-August. And from what this says, okay, the FBI now identifies black activists as greater threats than white and al Qaeda. Alright? That's uh that's what's going on right now as we speak. Okay, this particular article right here says surprise, not surprise. <laughs> Sorry. The FBI has spent years targeting uh, black activists rather than people shooting up the country, white supremacists. According to newly leaked documents by the Young Turks, the FBI under President Trump, Trump's leadership has been prioritizing black identity extremists, anti-authority extremists and animal rights environmental extremists, while throwing much fewer resources at the populations that endanger our society. Uh, While since 2017, black identity extremists have been on the FBI's counterterrorism radar. In 2018, they are listed as a priority domestic terrorism target with its own program in place to counteract any alleged threat. In these documents, though, the FBI
2: presents. You know what? That's for next episode. <laughs> Let's come back to Byron Allen. That's a sneak peek of the next episode. We're not ready for that. Get the email. Not yet. You were born blackball.
13: You know, you've been positioned to fail. And you have to recognize where you are. You know, and it took a, it took a lot for me to start to see what was going on. Having kids, you know, taking my kids to school, taking my daughter Chloe to school. When she was two or three years old, and she's in the back seat. And my other daughter, Olivia, my son, Lucas, wasn't born at the time. And my daughter, Chloe, started counting and telling me all the homeless people she was seeing out on the streets. Daddy, I see another homeless person. Daddy, I see another homeless person. Daddy, when are we going to stop to help them? How can we're not helping them, Daddy? Three years old. And by the time I got to the next light, I started crying. I started crying because I realized I had turned off my empathy button
2: Right.
13: and this little girl It was
2: normalized. It you. was
13: normalized. That's right. You got it. And this little girl turned that empathy button back on. And what was it about me that I was going to act like I don't see you? Mm-hmm. And I said, yeah, you know what? We are going to help them. What's going on here? There's a matrix that's happening here and we're going to crack the code. And I couldn't stop thinking about it. And I said, you know what? It's the, uh, it's the four D's. It's the four D's. What are the four D's? They dismiss you. It was perfected on women hundreds of years ago. Just dismiss you. Hey, you know what? I'm not getting a fair shake here. I'm just going to, they just dismiss you. Then they, uh, then you get a little upset about being dismissed and you say, no, no, this is real. We have to really get this on track. Then they discredit you. Mm-hmm. Oh, look at that. Okay. And then you get really a little louder a little bit more aggressive, not in a, in a bad way, but, like, we have to really deal with this. Then they move on to that third D. And they have to move on to that third D to get to get right with their Christian selves. They demonize you. Mm.
3: Mm.
13: And then once they hit that third D and they demonize you, they have a green light to go to that inevitable fourth D. Destroy, destroy you. you. Right. So it's dismiss, discredit, demonize, destroy. And I watched, and I looked at it, and I said, wow, what is going on here? And I said, you know, we are positioned to fail because of the nature of how we came into this country. We were brought here to create wealth, not to share the wealth. And you're brought here to build wealth, to make people wealthy, not to share it. And the moment we became free, we became a liability to them. And that's when they kicked in and said, here you go. I'm going to incarcerate you. And I say, listen, they get us in the schoolroom by making sure you don't get a proper education. They get you in the boardroom by making sure you don't have access to capital that's not predatory and business opportunities. And they get you in the courtroom by making sure there are laws that incarcerate you and lock you up long before While you pretending get choked in the streets now, how did you get the access? capital for a lot of the stuff that
14: you did because like you said they don't give us anything yeah. how are you able to get that mind frame and have that business mind frame to purchase and do yeah. some of the moves that you're able to do like
13: how you pivot from artist to executive you know, from watching that understanding is understand, you have to understand where you are understanding how you're positioned to fail if you don't understand if you don't get into that matrix then you can't go to the next level so I said, okay, how do we get around that? You know, when you look at an Eric Garner getting choked to death in the streets, right? They didn't position him properly in the schoolroom to have that education so he can have access to that capital. So he wasn't standing on the sidewalk, but rather he owned a block. Mm-hmm. He owned the store in which he was standing in front of. How does that happen? Where he gets choked to death. It's happening. We're, the battle is not in the streets. It's in the schoolroom. Right. It's making sure we get a proper education. Right.
2: It's making sure you know uh, that you were indigenous to this country and that you didn't come across in slave ships and knowing that you, you, you have a spiritual and physical relationship to the land that's paramount. And then understanding your rights as a mixed black person of mixed black heritage. What does that mean? Mm, hmm Isn't that delicious?
7: Did I tell you to get us the same thing?
2: I did, and I made her put it in there the same way because I knew you were gonna go off.
7: It's not the same.
2: What do you want me to tell her, beat her up? Mm-mm. I told her, do it exactly the same. She, she said, she said okay, mommy, okay. I said, my dad's gonna go off. Okay. No, yes, we'll take, I did tell her that.
7: Well, take this back and get my fucking money then.
2: No, that was my money. I bought that for you. <laughs> Next time you do that, I ain't gonna eat nothing. I told her to make it the same from the beginning. Daddy, you're
3: crazy.
13: It's in the boardroom, making sure you have access to capital that's not predatory. And it's in the courtroom, like we are in the Supreme Court, and we'll talk a little bit about that. And this was something that, you know, I started supporting Senator Obama long before black America or anybody knew his name. Right? Because he came to folks who had the capital to support. I was happy to support. And after he became president, I said, I'm not I'm not any different than anybody else. I have an agenda. Uh My agenda is that I want for all Americans to have equal access to capital and opportunity, especially African Americans, the furthest left behind. So I said, I have two asks of you. I said, you just spent $700 billion to bail out the banks. And I want you to audit the banks and see if they're lending money to black people. They not did. minorities, black people, because minorities, that's defined as white women yes. and the new minorities, gay, white men. But if you actually say, I'm going to audit you to see if you're lending money to black people, Negroes, whichever decade you want to go to, mm-hmm. you're going to see that we're not getting access to capital. And at that point, I had seen the data. That unemployment for under Obama's administration, unemployment for Black America had gone up, and had gone down for White America, and home ownership had hit a 25 year low.
3: Mm-hmm.
13: So I said that audit will send a very clear message to the banks to start lending money to Black folks, and they'll start dig- digging Black people up out of graves and lending money <laughs> <laughs> to maintain their their good standing with the United States government. And so you I got said alone. No, no. So I went to him and that was the other thing. And I said, listen, the other thing I want you to do is just understand that the United States government has over a trillion dollar pension fund over a T government worker pension fund. money. People who work for the government over a trillion dollars, Mm -hmm. not one penny of that is managed by African-Americans. Wow.
3: Mm.
13: And I just need you to make sure that, you know, maybe 150 billion is in the hands of qualified African American money managers because that's going to be invested in African American entrepreneurs in our communities Mm -hmm. and that will create jobs in our community and we can start to address the economic genocide Mm -hmm. by making sure you don't have access to a proper education, making sure you don't have access to capital. That equals genocide. I'm gonna squeeze you out. I'm gonna take the oxygen out of the room. I'm gonna position you to fail. You don't have a proper education. You don't have access to capital. That's that's not predatory. Mm-hmm. You don't have opportunities. So I said those two things will change the game. Mm-hmm. Just notify the banks. I'm gonna give you a report card on black people, and carving out about 150 billion mm-hmm. of government worker pension fund money, a lot of it coming from people of color. And uh, that did not happen, but that was my ask. You sounded was, like Barack just now. That did not happen. <laughs> <laughs> that did not happen. Well
2: why didn't that happen? He
13: I honestly I think we as a people we were not clear and our ask, and we didn't hold him and others accountable. A lot of people say that now. A lot of and people we're, feel like that's we just. What we're doing and so everything. happy that we had a beautiful a black family, and that's and it. We didn't ask for nothing. There was no democracy that came behind it. We, we didn't, didn't have an them. ask. We weren't, you know. Look, uh, other communities were brilliant, and they had an ask, and they got results. We weren't clear in our ask. I was clear in my ask, and I said, "This is what I need for Black America." That's I, when Black
2: Authority is talking about tangibles. That's what he's talking about, saying, you want our vote? What are you going to tangibly do? Not, you can't talk about it. Oh, that'll be on the table later. Too many bait and switch. You want the vote? What are you going to do?
13: We need economic inclusion. We need to address the fourth and final chapter. And ultimately, that's what's going to make America better, is that everybody is fully you know, maximizing. Their potential. Can we can have ask
14: to ask you about higher education. You
13: right? Tell us
5: how you how got the you money, Oh, how I got Oh, You how want to. I want to know okay. how, how you got you the, the money. Comedian, right in
13: front of us, getting the money out of him. You're trying to get all of y'all money. How did you get the money out of him? You ain't taking it. Okay, my money's <laughs> easy.
2: Yeah, using your brain ain't always sexy, but that's really what. That's the missing piece. We don't always go. <laughs>
13: my money is easy. You know, like I said, it, I had to learn how to make money from the day I started saying, look, I'm going to help my mother. I'm going to make sure I'm not a burden. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, that's the easy part. Making money is easy. And uh, that's a mindset. You could put up a radar and say, where's trouble, and trouble will find you. You could put up a radar and say, where's this, and it will come to you. But when you put up that radar that says, okay, how are we going to make money in an honest way, in a legal way, mm-hmm. you're going to figure it out, especially today yes. with the Internet. Yeah, with $300 the internet. Million to buy the Weather Channel? $300 million. By the way, $300 million is not a lot of money. And uh, so I think...
2: They got up and left the table. They got up and left the table. plenty
13: of capital. There's no shortage of capital in America. How do you get it, though? <laughs> Great question. All right, so let's talk about it. All right, we're listening. All right, well, let's talk about it. Then we got to go back a little bit. Okay. Because I want everybody to understand innately because I want everybody out there to be a billionaire.
3: Mm.
13: <laughs> and I like when you talk like that. I, <laughs> I, I, I want, want everybody, everybody to be a it's billionaire. I right. want everybody to be a billionaire. Okay? Hey, I want... talk billion because, <laughs> Because, by the way, God wants you to be that, too. wants you to be your best. So right. I'm here to help. Right. All right. So let's talk about it. Let's talk about. I started my company from my dining room table in uh, 93. And I did a television special where I interviewed a bunch of funny friends. I remember that. Right? So, a weekly one hour show called Entertainers with Byron Allen. Yep. Mm-hmm. And uh, I started, uh, I sat at my dining room table and I called all 1,300 television stations and asked them to carry the show for free. And uh, on average, they all told me no about 50 times. And literally, I sat at my dining room table from sunup to sundown. And I got about 50,000 no's. Mm-hmm. And after a year of doing that, I was able to squeeze out about 150 yeses. Mm-hmm. I got a station, a TV station in every market from New York to Waterloo, Iowa, mm-hmm. right? And so that was my lineup. Now, Tribune had said to me, Byron, if you get 75% of the country, we will sell your commercial time. Because I said to the TV stations, there's 14 minutes of commercial time. I'll keep seven minutes, you keep seven minutes. I'll sell my 7 Minutes to national advertisers. You, local TV station, you sell your 7 Minutes to local advertisers. Smart. Right? You sell it to local banks, car dealers, supermarkets. I'll sell my 7 Minutes right. to McDonald's and Pepsi and Johnson & Johnson and General Motors. You sell yours to the local, no. you know, And sport. they didn't
2: pay for the show. You, they, I, you I gave, paid they, to get so everything That's right. Done. They
13: didn't pay for the show. I gave them the show for free. Smart. You produced the show, That everything yourself. I did everything myself. It's the hardest thing I've ever done. Sat there for one year... And just work the phones like crazy for one year. The hardest thing I've ever done, give away a TV show for free. So now the problem was, after I did that, that. good old Tribune said, we changed our mind. We're not going to give you an advance of $400,000 so you can go into production and produce this TV show. So I said, okay, I'm not going to sit here for one year and tell these TV stations I'm not going to deliver what I told you I would deliver. Mm -hmm. So I didn't have two nickels to rub together. And I decided, I'm going forward. And I went forward. I didn't know how I was going to get it done, but Martin Luther King, like he said, that's faith, taking step, they taking that step Take when I was... the first step when you don't see, see the rest of the staircase. And you do know, see the rest of the staircase. There its
2: You <laughs> blow What is she doing? That was
3: weird.
7: Ooh. Oh! 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 You ain't seen nothing yet, but you didn't see this
3: next one. Oh no. This is the way I
7: wanted to get the juice out, oh, no. so we can see how we like this guy.
3: Hope they got a toilet.
7: They don't have no toilet in here. Oh. Think they're going to have everybody come to, be coming out? I will. I can't see a thing over there. I sure has something out the damn way. Don't go, get the fuck out of the way. What? You telling me to go around? do him to sit down. I <laughs> you know No, I was going to take you it? to the real juice place what over
2: here. What am I going to do it my
7: daddy? But, but no, no, you had to get this shit.
2: <laughs> it's crazy. Right there,
7: right there. Best juice in town.
2: Huh.
13: Right? So, I went forward.
2: And you know what? We're gonna be continuing that in the ne- that interview in the next episode. Until then, you can go to the Breakfast Club uh, on YouTube, and you can check out that interview when you have time. It's a great interview. We're gonna finish up uh, with some of the speech that Byron Allen said inspired him. MLK, the Other America.
12: And in rat-infested, vermin-filled slums. In this America, people are poor by the millions. They find themselves perishing on a lonely island of poverty, in the midst of a vast ocean of material prosperity. In a sense, the greatest tragedy of this other America is what it does to little children. Little children in this other America are forced to grow up with clouds of inferiority forming every day in their little mental sky. And as we look at this other America, we see it as an arena of blasted hopes and shattered dreams. Many people of various backgrounds live in this other America America. Some are Mexican-Americans, some are Puerto Ricans, some are Indians. Some happen to be from other groups. Millions of them are Appalachian whites. Probably the largest group in this other America in proportion to its size and the population is the American Negro. The American Negro finds himself living in a triple ghetto, a ghetto of race, a ghetto of poverty, a ghetto is to deal with this problem, to deal with this problem of the two Americas. We are seeking to make America one nation, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. Now let me say that the struggle for civil rights and the struggle to make these two Americas one America is much more difficult today than it was five or ten years ago for about a decade or maybe 12 years. We struggled all across the South in glorious struggles to get rid of legal, overt segregation and all of the humiliation that surrounded that system of segregation. In a sense, this was a struggle for decency. We could not go to a lunch counter in so many instances and get a hamburger or a cup of coffee. We could not make use of public accommodations. Public transportation was segregated. And often we had to sit in the back and within transportation, uh, transportation within cities, we often had to stand over empty seats because sections were reserved for whites only. We did not have the right to vote in so many areas of the South. The struggle was to deal with these problems. Uh, certainly they were difficult problems, they were humiliating conditions. By the thousands we protested these conditions, we made it clear that it was ultimately more honorable to accept jail cell experiences than to accept segregation and humiliation by the thousand students and adults decided to sit in at segregated lunch counters to protest conditions there. When they were sitting at those lunch counters, they were in reality standing up for the best in the American dream seeking to take the whole nation back to those great wells of democracy, which were dug deep by the Founding Fathers in the formulation of the Constitution and the Declaration of Independence. Many things were gained as a result of these years of struggle. In 1964, the Civil Rights Bill came into being after the Birmingham movement, which did a great deal to subpoena the conscience of a large segment of the nation to appear before the judgment seat of morality on the whole question of civil rights. After the Selma movement in 1965, we were able to get a voting rights bill. All of these things represented strides.
2: Oh, that was, that was satisfying. You know, it's weird. Somehow that little amount was just right for today.
7: Well, we don't need the Roberto's then,
2: right? No, we gotta. Oh, you're not going to Forman Mills? I thought we were already here.
7: If Forman Mills, he be everybody that's with the beach all. We ain't going. Anywhere. Right, that's what I said. No, you didn't say that. See, I saying that to me, was like, what street is it, 13th, uh, yeah. 13th Avenue? yeah. 13th Avenue? Yeah. I don't know where you to it? Take to I don't know where you yeah. I don't know. I don't know nothing yeah. Too much stress. Do you know where you're going to you gonna so You're going to you, do that? You're going to do that? I the just go to hell on home.
3: No, 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 no. I was just singing the
2: song.
7: You ain't singing. What we at?
2: 13th. Went right off 13th. I don't
7: give a damn what it say about 13th. We ain't where we need to be. Get there if you can. I'm gonna walk a hearse in the driveway.
2: Somebody that... Picked up somebody that died Oh God, the person's in there Oh my God if He's in there, I hope he's dead He is dead, you can see it Who is that?
7: Let's get out and see who it is.
2: Oh my God Is that a person in there? Guess he had a detour
7: Might be the mummy
2: I don't know Maybe it was fake
7: That mummy really gets
2: around Looks like somebody was in there You shouldn't have people on display like that my eyes are back. I'm
7: going upstairs and take me a knife and, and get ready to turn. We Is it on the right fucking street? I don't know. Isn't this it right here? I
2: think I'm learning any science in that school.
7: I wonder. Oh, no wonder it's up there. Maybe i let me get the turn. Well, I do. with that being? What happened? What
2: who it is. I
3: don't
2: know. Uh oh, uh oh. Here it comes. Is it coming? Uh, uh.